If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Hello, everybody, or wherever you might be, right across the SCN network. Dwayne Russell, feet up, relaxing after a huge 2023. Cam Luke in the hot seat, and of course, so much to get into, a lot going on, but the promise stays the same. Wherever your key open line is open, 1300 736 736 is quite simple. You call, you get on. Plenty to get into. We are jam packed. Bo Webster in ripping form. Prime Minister's 11, about to kick off tomorrow. He's going to join us about half hour's time. The NBL had a fever break. It's back. Pete Hawley, one of the best analysts in the game to join us. We're checking with the Melbourne Stars. The Big Bash fires up on Thursday night. James Jordan. Lots to be made, of course, of Brody Grundy and Taylor Adams. Sydney continuing to try and to solidify the middle of the ground, which is probably a weakness of theirs, which is rare. But they probably struggled at different points in 2023. But he's there as well. James Jordan to jump on the line. And Kelsey Brown. Nepal, for all the wrong reasons, have been in the news the last month or so. She has hung up the netball sneakers. Or has she? She's going to join me in the studio to talk all things netball and everything that is going on. So wherever you might be, we are jam-packed. The temper text line is open as always. But I want to open with this. We're going to talk about Warner. We're going to talk about Mitchell Johnson. We've got a little Mitchell Johnson to play as well. He has spoken all about that. But I want to know, one 736 736 one to get involved. Who is right now your favourite? Your favourite sporting athlete in the summer months? The AFL, when we're in AFL and, and NRL season, traditionally what happens, we have quite obvious footballers to lean on, be it teams, and the passion runs very, very deep. But in summer, it's a little bit different. We have more, I guess we're spoilt more for choice, and we're in a situation where may not necessarily have that person that is front of mind. So prizes galore to give away, one 736 736 In the non-footballing month, so yeah, we'll include AFLW and, and Women's Big Bash, which doesn't necessarily roll through a great deal of summer. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. Who was your favourite athlete over the summer months? And honestly, if it's internationally, I'll allow that because we have got you know a lot of NFL game about to start here. We heard from Benny Graham Shaw uh, not too long ago. We've got the NBA on. Premier League is in really fine form, so it is quite simple. One three hundred seven three six seven three six to get involved. Hundred dollar Peter Jackson voucher to give away. Fifty dollar e gift card as we get into perfect weather to play golf. 
talking golf, 18 holes of golf for you and your mate. You can grab a card, all thanks to Club Mandalay. And, of course, it is that time of the year where the Bataki hams are absolutely running out the fridges and the doors here at SEN. So, quite simple, one 736 736 to get involved. The Werry Kia open line is open. The uh, temper text machine nicely fired up. Cam Luke and his over-opinionated opinions. I really don't care for them at all. Big shout-out to whoever that is. But, hey, welcome to you. Don't need to listen. The boys are back 3 o'clock with Drive, so thank you. SEN track will be fine. And, of course, off the text, let's get into it. one 736 736 Nathan's going to fire it up. Prizes galore. Midday madness. You call, you get on. Summer is here. Who is your favourite athlete before we get back into the AFL and NRL seasons? Hello, Nathan. G'day, how are you going? Good, man. Where, where do you lean? Where, where do you look now as we get into summer? Oh, LeBron James. So, obviously not summer where they play, but uh, it's got us covered over here for uh, all intents and purposes. Mm-hmm. So, like, okay. are, 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 are you you across everything, everything that is done? Absolutely, yeah. So, you know, year 21, um, not too sure how much longer it's going to go for. Been spoiled over the last 15-odd years of his greatness, so... I'll keep watching him over the summer and, uh, yeah, see what happens. So, obviously, the, the statistics are amazing. They're mind-blowing, really. Year 21, numbers he's putting up, still carrying a Lakers team that I think everyone thought was going to rely on Anthony Davis. And he isn't quite that guy, but he's, you know, it's interesting. And you say how long is it going to go for, Nath? The the odds are that he's going to continue to do this at a very high rate. It, it's the only reason we question how long it's going to go for is because we have never seen this before. Now, Jordan come back at a similar age. He missed a couple of years. He was pretty good, to be fair, at a really putrid Washington Wizards team. But you're right. LeBron James is, is one absolutely coming straight off the temper text. Thank you. That's one uh, 736 Teresa joins us. Teresa, hello to you. Good morning. Well, we're, hang on. We're just in the afternoon now. Unless Are you in Melbourne? Are you, oh, you're in Bunbury. Are you in the West? Well, there you go. Good morning to you. Hey, Summer, what's uh, what, what, who's your favorite? You got a favorite summer athlete? Yes, I do. Bryce Cotton. Yep, hard to disagree. Very Without hard to disagree. Always um, charismatic on the TV. Mm-hmm. You, you get to going. We get him going. He's amazing. He, he is someone the RAC Arena, which I'm sure you're very, very well and truly a regular there. Is he, he's got contagious energy and excitement and passion that is felt through 13, 14,000 Wildcats fan in the Red Army. So there is, there is no doubt he works for you and you work for him. Oh, yes, that's for sure. We're, we're very, very lucky to have him. Now, I will have to ask you because about a month ago, six weeks ago, and here at SEN, we have a slight bias towards the Wildcats due to ownership. Were you one of these people who was suggesting it was time for John really to get the Tijuana and bring Trevor Gleeson back? No. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Love it. Appreciate the call, Teresa. And you have a wonderful day in beautiful West Australia. Me too. Bye. one 736 736 The Werribee Kia open line is open. Of course, Werribee Kia awarded the prestigious National Kia Car Dealer of the Year. Werribee Kia Warehouse. It's quite an easy topic. We're going to get stuck into the, the Mitchell Johnson, David Warner situation. Bo Webster will join me before the hour is out. But right now it's midday madness and it's all up. To you. Easy topic if you want to. you got anything else on the agenda, you know what Midday Madness is about. You call and you get on. Joel is in Yarrawonga. Hello, Joel. 
Yep, yeah. I've got you, man. Who is your favourite summertime athlete? Uh, for the last two weeks, Ming Wu Lee, the chef, has taken over. There's a few off the temper text as well. Absolutely ripping form. And, and there is no doubt the Australian summer of golf occasionally has had its its struggles. We've got big names in town, but tell you what, talk about being in hot form right now. Yeah, good. Are, are you a big golf fan normally? Or, you, or do, you, do you get involved when it's more local? Uh, I like to play. Yep. Watching it can be boring sometimes, mm-hmm. but it's always easy to watch when there's an Aussie up the top. Or at the Aussie Open. I, I will say this, and we are going to be at the Cathedral Invitational tomorrow, so looking forward to, to that. Going to be down there with, with Kingy and Radar and the whole crew, Andrew Gaze, of course. But I, I think that the golf broadcast, and I'm not necessarily suggesting that this is just strictly on the back of Liv, but there is no doubt that it's not all coincidental. But it does feel like, and, and you touch on it, occasionally the TV broadcasts of some of these events can be a little mundane, but it, it feels like in the last sort of year and two years that the networks have done a really good job of making sure it it stays progressively fast-paced, even if the actual action isn't. It's on the up, no doubt. No doubt. Are you a, are you a Liv fan? Uh, yeah, I don't care. I'm not, yeah. I'm not, I don't have a side either way. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like it. You know what I'm doing. I'm going to throw you a $50 e gift card, all thanks to the House of Golf, mate. It's all up to you, mate. Now, from good luck. Hopefully your game gets a little bit better if you need the help. Beautifully done. Joel, A-Rod takes him, but he's a winner already. All thanks to the House of Golf, your one-stop shop for all things golf. Craig is a mentone. Craig, hello to you. Yeah, good. I was going to say Min Woo as well, but I also said Min G because watching her on the weekend, she, she's got a smile on her face. She's a great golfer. She really loves the crowd getting involved, and the two of them together are magnificent. And I think the, the fact that the men and women play together has been an absolute uh, masterstroke by uh, Golf Australia. Uh, look, it's been sort of floating around here in Australia for the last few years, and, and Victoria as well. I think it was the Victorian PGA three or four years ago, right before COVID. But I, I think it adds. You are you are absolutely right, Craig. I, I think it's added a huge amount to not just the 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 interest on the people on course, but absolutely the interest of people at home who may not necessarily be able to get there watching it on TV. And probably not dissimilar to what I just said. There's there's always something going on when you when you have them playing at the same time. There is two different avenues and two different aspects to how the actual leaderboard looks and and the momentum and the runs or the bogeys or whatever it might be. And I think it adds a lot both on course and also at home on the couch. Yeah, I think what it shows is how good the, the women are. They're, mm-hmm. like, they're playing shot, the same shot as men. And I think, it, well, you're right, it was about three years ago, the Vic Open, or the Vic PGA, yep. sorry. And that was, I think, Simon Brookhouse was in charge of it and he came up with the idea. Mm-hmm. Abs- absolutely. Yeah. I, I think it's a, a really brilliant idea. And, and in golf, and in, in Australia in particular, because it is an, it's a really interesting time. So much gets spoken about this. We have the best golfers in Australia. We don't necessarily get them home each and every year. This year is obviously one of those years that we, we get to see the best golfers up close and personal. We don't have a great deal of the Americans uh, who aren't necessarily dying to get over here because it's Thanksgiving. It's it's the end of a, of a long season. So they have to be unique in the way they look at these tournaments. And I, I think they've done a really good job. And this Australian summer of golf is a bit more amped up than it has. I know COVID stores momentum, but it does feel it's going in the right direction. Yes, you're right. I- I think it's great. I love it. Love it. Hey, Craig, thanks for the call, man. You have a good afternoon. Baz is in Coburg, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 When it comes to summer sport, Baz, where are you leaning? Have you got a summer sport favourite right now? Yeah, good afternoon, Cam. Um, yeah, I'm going with uh, Glenn Maxwell. I think he's coming in with uh, great form, uninterrupted, you know, BBL for him. I think he's going to light it up this year. I think he's going to set a lot of records for BBL, so... 
Yeah, I'd say, um, yeah, Glenn Maxwell, mate. Uh, the good news is, he had training yesterday, he's going to play on Thursday night, and, and the Big Bash at different times has, has had concerns, and it'll happen again this summer at different times, where we don't have the, the, the best players, the informed players, the high-profile players, playing in a, in a domestic competition that lends itself to entertainment and needs those high-profile pro, high athletes. He's very high-profile, and he's in incredible form. And the fact that he's ready to go, he's back here, a World Cup under the belt, Wonderful for I, I like it. And uh, we might play a little Glenn Maxwell later on, actually, because he joined Jules this morning. But he is absolutely coming off the temper text machine as well, Baz. Are you going on Thursday night? Uh, possibly, yeah. He's in, I'm going. He's in. He's in, Baz. Make sure you get ready to go. Appreciate your call. As we fire up Midday Badness, the Ruby Kia open line is nicely fired up. one three hundred. 736-736, all thanks to Werribee Kia. Awarded the prestigious National Kia Car Dealer of the Year, Werribee Kia Warehouse. Now, Pataki Ham, one 736 This is quite simple. In the next 10 minutes, I'm going to give away the Pataki Ham. Festive Christmas season is here. You have to quite simply call up and tell me who your favourite summer sports athlete is. one 736 Big part of Midday Madness. Are you... The SEN family, Dwayne Russell's extended family, the people who just want to talk sports. So make sure you use it right now to Pataki Ham. If I like what you got, heading your way. And I'll tell you right now, they're big. We received the Pataki Hams late last Friday, and they are a big ham. So one 736 Back to your calls on the other side of this. Midday Madness is for work blocker Karim Downs and Packenham Workwear for wherever you work. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Right around Australia, it is Dwayne's World. Cam Luke in the hot seat. Feet up for Dwayne. The pipe relaxing, but midday badness, as always, is here for you. one 736 736 for every Kia. Simple question. Off the top, summer sports hero. Who is it for you? Pataki Ham to give away. Got a uh, round of golf at Club Mandalay. $100 Peter Jackson voucher as well. All on the books and needed to be handed out by Webster to join me in about 20 minutes' time as well. Pete Hawley, Kelsey Brown, we are jam-packed. Let's get back to you. Isaac is in Tasmania on 1300 736 736. Isaac, summer sports hero, who you got for me? It's Travis Head, and I've got three reasons for you. <laughs> Go on. So he'll either make you four or 157 off 90. Yeah. He'll come on the bowl and you'll scratch your head and you'll be thinking to yourself, oh, why are they giving him the ball? And he'll take three for nine. Yep. And if for some reason he's not selected or if he's injured, he'll look next to you. He'll be there with a couple of beers, one for you and one for him. He, uh, he, he's very relatable, isn't he, Isaac? He is. He's your mate. Yeah. He, he, everyone's mate. He is. And that's something that we don't necessarily see a great deal in today's professional world of sport. Cricket, of, uh, of course, in this particular point. But I, I, lo- I, I love it. And, and, and there is no doubt when a, when a player is in this fine of form and is doing things that helps our national team reach the highest of heights, we're all over them as well. That's a, that's a really good summer here, Isaac. Appreciate your call. Thank you. Uh, Jez in Wheelers Hill, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Summer sports hero, Jez. You got one? Oh, the big show. It's got to be the big show. He's in devastating form. Uh, his hamstrings are working again. He's fully hydrated back in Melbourne. Thursday night is going to take off. I, I, I Look, a lot of people off the text already, temper text is fired up. There is no doubt that, that Glenn Maxwell is front and centre in, in so many sports fans. 
Uh, be it if you're a Victorian or, or otherwise, because he lends himself to entertainment of the highest order, regardless of who you actually support or where you're geographically located. Absolutely. He, he can do it all. He can mm-hmm. do it with a bat. He does it with a ball. And he'll take a screamer of a catch. Yeah, there is so, no doubt. I, I think he's in. And I think, well, they're saying he's going to play Thursday night. So I think it really needs to get pushed. It really needs to get pushed to Glenn Maxwell, who is the, the center of attraction, should be one of the big marketing deals when it comes to the Big Bash. Uh, thank you, Jess. Stuart, uh, thank you, Jess. Hey, Stuart's an Ocean Grove. Beautiful part of the world. Great day today. I assume you've gone into the water at some point. Stu, hello to you. Um, I won't answer that question in case my boss is listening. <laughs> but, uh, so straight off the surfboard to have a chat to us, uh, Stu. I appreciate it. No, that's all right. First of all, I'd like to say I've nothing better than a Pataki ham at Christmas time. True. Um, and my nomination is just for the excitement and uh, explosion that he might bring is Nick Kyrgios. You just don't know what you're going to get. So Nick Kyrgios is my favourite summer athlete, Stu, and it's interesting because we don't know what we're going to get. He famously has, has struggled with injuries. He went towards last year's Australian summer off the back of a, a Grand Slam final, and we thought he was about to tear it up and rip it apart as the changing of the guard in tennis becomes... Well, I won't say changing of the guard. Djokovic is still the best tennis player in the world, but, you know, post-Roger Federer, Andy Murray, not at that level. Rafa Nadal with the injuries. There were, there's voids there, and we were hoping it was going to be Kyrgios. Unfortunately, it hasn't been yet, but what he lends us for six weeks is incredible intrigue and drama. And right now, battling still from injury. We don't know how much we're going to see of Nick Kyrgios over the Australian summer of tennis, but we do know it's going to be a conversation each and every day. Stu, love it. You're right about the Pataki ham. You've gone in. The randomizer will fire you up. I like what you've said. What I will say, though, is keep listening. Pataki's daily as we head towards Christmas. Uh, Ryan, hello to you, Ryan. Good morning, mate. How are you going? Really well, thank you, mate. What do you got for me? Michael Bevan, who could forget when he hit Roger Harper straight back over his head for four? What it's, a legend. It's, it's, you know, we talk about the Glenn Maxwells, the Trevor's Heads, the, the excitement machines in the white ball format. And, of course, the Big Bash is a, is a much newer concept uh, after Michael Bevan retired. But he's the type of player that we were really excited to go to and watch. And that was obviously all Australian-based, but you just felt like any time he wandered out into the middle, anything could happen and, and traditionally it would be good. Absolutely, mate. He was a champion. Michael Clark gets a mention for how good he was against India. Well, have you got anyone right now? Have you got anyone right now leading into this Australian summer? Oh, right now leading... Oh. Adam Zampa's been pretty amazing and he's been sort of not had too much attention paid over him sort of the last four or five years in BBL. He's, he's pretty impressive. It's a big, it's a huge summer, I think, for the Big Bash. There's the tweaking of it. There's the continual conversations around it. And the fact is that there's a lot of excitement on the phones and off the temper text right now that, you know, the Big Bash is absolutely front and centre in the minds of many Australian sports fans and many cricket fans right now are geared up for it. And it needs to work. It feels at different times it's lost its ways at the length of it. Understand why the length became the length but you can have sometimes too much of a good thing. So I think it's a big summer for the Big Bash of the momentum of an Australian World Cup win only a couple of weeks ago. I think it's a huge summer, and Cricket Australia certainly, certainly praying they get it right. Thank you for your call, mate. Nick's in Hoppers Crossing. Last one before the break. Amy Drew will get us into the news and then straight back to your call. Nick, hello to you. Hey, mate. Good to talk to you. Lovely to talk the to one you. I'm, 
the one I'm going for, because the other ones are taken, I think the ball inside of it, Mitch Stark, will do some damage. Watch him, he, he, what he did uh, in the final, a couple of games in the World Cup. Watch him, he will do the, he'll do some damage in the, in the, in the Test Series this season. Hey, I'll ask you, Nick, what, what are you most looking forward to? It's an interesting Australian summer of, of Test cricket, Pakistan and West Indies here. So when I say interesting, it's more about you know, stuff that's happening away from the pitch more so than probably the, the, the competitive test matches we will see. Are you more keen to see the test matches or are you, are you a big bash guy? A bit of both because yep. um, the, Australian, the, the Australian side are going really, really well and um, I hope they do well in the test series. And the big bash, we've got um, the cock coming in here also and a few other players. I'm excited that the whole season's all starting all over again from scratch. Love and it. It's the games and it's going to be very good. Love it, Nick. Love your passion. Love your excitement, mate. We'll talk soon. Thanks, mate. Off the text, just quickly, we're going to get to David and Dave very shortly. Back to the uh, the Kia open line after Amy Drew takes us through the news. So of, uh, off the, the temper text, of course, the uh, the 40 weeks temper text, 0433981116 for the all-new Temper Pro. Temper's most adaptive mattress ever is here. Temper, a mattress like no other. Cameron, are jockeys athletes? Absolutely 100%. 100% they are athletes. Goes on to say, if so, my favourite summer athlete is J-Mac by the length. Of course, James McDonald, one of the top three jockeys in the world, I would say, minimally easily. Off to Andrew. T-Dog from WA says, my athlete of the summer that I enjoy watching is Nick Kyrgios. Just get you glued to the TV. Just on the Kyrgios thing, so much of what he does, and I understand that people aren't necessarily always in love with a Nick Kyrgios experience but what sport needs to do is an entertainment it doesn't matter what it is it needs to be able to continually have you engaged and he does that he does that not necessarily always on the tennis court and not always necessarily in the way that people perceive the way that tennis should be played but he absolutely does that Dave in Bunbury I'm coming to you Adrian and Roville likewise Bo Webster 10 minutes away Cam Luke in the hot seat, get involved. Kia open line, midday madness. All thanks to work, block it, carry them downs and pack it and work where forever you work. Quite simple question off the top. As always, midday madness means you can throw any topic and agenda into the pot. But today, the question I asked you is all about your favourite summer sports star. 1300 736 736. It might be Bo Webster who is in ripping form at the moment. He'll join me in around 10 minutes' time. Firstly, we'll get to Dave, who is in Bunbury. Dave, hello to you. Hey, Cam. I'm good, brother. What do you got? Oh, I've got one, in my opinion, bona fide. Another smoky, if I could. Mm-hmm. So, I think Mitch Marsh is set for his biggest test summer yet. And if, for whatever reason, he gets dropped, he's going to ruin teams in the big match. So, I think Mitch Marsh is set for a massive summer. And another smoky, if he gets a test, is Lance Morris could potentially do some damage with the ball, I reckon. Mm, yeah, into that squad of 14. Probably... Uh, absolutely the periphery outside looking in, but the experience he will gain is only going to continually make him better. And you are right about Mitch Marsh. If he does happen to wander back into the big bash for whatever reason, the, the good thing is he's so adaptive to to different conditions and different formats. The excitement is there regardless of, of you know, selfishly we want him playing test cricket for obvious reasons. But if it is the big bash where he 
applies majority of his trade, he's going to do some damage as well. Thank you, Dave. Let's get to uh, Adrian, who is in Roeville. one 736 736 Last one before the break, but Webster to join me on the other side of this. Adrian, summer sport. Adam. Who's your hero? Right, mate? I'm good, man. Um, all right, so I'll go with my two heroes of yesteryear. Mm-hmm. And I'll give you two smokies who, by the end of the summer, we won't be able to take our eyes off the screen. Off you go. Uh, yesteryear, it was, of course, Adam Gilchrist. And mm. then the one that doesn't get enough love was Ian Harvey. Mm. Uh, the freak would have been a great T20 cricketer. He, he would have been. Um, and moving forward, I think by the end of this summer, as much as I hate anyone who leaves Victoria, I think we'll be watching Jake Fraser McGurk with bated breath. His uh, century in the shield and that hanger he took last year were yep. amazing. And uh, Joshy Brown up at the Brisbane Heat, mate, that is a young fella who can hit a very, very big ball. He decimated the Renegades in the practice match. in about 12 sixes or something and the other day. It was ridiculous. Um, so keep your eye on Fraser McGurk and Josh Brown up at the uh, Brisbane Heat. I think they're going to have a massive summer and we're going to be talking a lot about them by the end of this summer. Love it, Adrian. Appreciate your call, my man. Pataki Ham up for grabs. There's so many calls. I'm going to hold and pause for the next 15 minutes. Bo Webster's going to join me and then back to your calls on the Werribee Key open line on one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 I do like, there we go, a little bit of a prediction around some of the young guns in the Big Bash. Of course, Jules the Stoop this morning uh, asking for the predictions that went wrong. They just felt like a Cane Corns bashathon via the temper text machine. But predictions, we make them, and a lot of times we do just error a little bit. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. The phone line's, as always, open for Midday Madness. It's all thanks to work. Blocker, carry them down and pack them un- unblocked, stocked, and full of value forever. Work where, forever you work. A quick break. Bo Webster on the other side of this. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. 20's World with Cam Luke, wherever you might be. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. The Ruby Kia open line. We'll get back to it very shortly. And of course, the midday madness, all thanks to Work Locker. Carom Downs and Packingham. Work where for wherever you work. A young man, or he's going to work right now, and he's doing it at a very regular. Regular, very timely manner right now. I speak of Bo Webster. Of course, the Prime Minister's 11 starts tomorrow. Pakistan are in town. Four-day match. And Bo Webster joins us on the line to talk not just about that match, but uh, the incredible run of form he is currently in. Bo, welcome back to SEN. G'day, boys. Thanks for having me. Hey, mate. This form you're in, are you doing anything different? Is it just maturity? You're, you're in a rich vein of form. You're, you're playing particularly well. Are you doing things differently? Do you feel different? Is there anything you can put it down to? Uh, no, I haven't changed too much technically. I suppose obviously playing a few more games uh, and getting on a bit now um, and maturing, I suppose, as a batsman definitely helps. Had a, quite a good off-season in England as well. Um, I finished the year last year in the Shield cricket particularly well and sort of rolled it into England and then rolled into the first um, couple of one days in Shield cricket and it feels like I've just been playing uh, sort of non-stop cricket for 12 months, which has been um, highly beneficial, I feel. Confidence and momentum is a huge thing in sport, and when you have it, it's it's good to continue to roll with it. Did you have that feeling at the end of last year, the last Shield season, when you played well, as you touched on, that it was going to be very important to, to make sure it continues? Yeah, definitely. I think I've 
over my career been a, a notoriously slow starter to the season and um, you know always always finish the year quite well and then you comes to an abrupt halt around March mm. and you don't pick up the bat again for for quite a few months so um, it was good to get over to the UK and play a little bit of club cricket there and a bit of stuff for Essex in the one day comp and um, yeah like I said rolled back straight back here had about a week in between getting back in the first game and um, it felt like I was hitting the ball well that whole time and and to roll it straight into this season was really good and and yeah glad I could put some early performance on the board for once instead of just finishing strong it's uh it's a nice start but I suppose that's all it is it's a nice start to the season there's still plenty more to be to come with the PM's game and and Big Bash and then obviously the back end of the Shield stuff with the Tigers where we're in a a good position to have a crack at the title I'm always interested when I when I when I talk to professional sportsmen and women who 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 continually play and cricket is such a crowded calendar and and what you touched on is a a 12-month run of playing are you a hardcore cricket fan when you know you're doing so much at the highest level to get the best out of yourself when you relax is is cricket ever at the front of mind? Do you, like, did you watch the World Cup? And uh, are you a cricket guy, or does it sort of take a back seat when you got to find other things to kind of mentally take a bit of time away? Um, I, I wouldn't say I'm a, a cricket guy. I do a, a lot of other interests outside yep. of cricket, and whenever we do get a chance um, to have a break, I love my golf and and whatnot as well. So to sort of switch off that way is always a uh, really important to have that balance. I think if you if you cricket twenty four seven, it can hurt your mental state, I suppose, and, and your mental capabilities in the game, which we know are, are so important. So, no, I, I like to get away from the game as much as I can. And I'm, and I'm also uh, enjoy playing over training a lot more. And when you're sort of playing 12 months of the year, the, the training, um, you know, the training days become fewer and, yeah. the, and the game days are, are more on the front of your mind. And, and that's the way I like it. So I'll endeavour to do the same thing again this off-season and um, try and get over to the UK and play some cricket. And, and hopefully this form can continue for, for as long as I, I can. We do digress, but how are you on the golf course? Of course, a lot of cricketers translate fairly well. Are you one of these people? Uh, I wouldn't say I'm an outstanding golfer. I'm in the single digits and yeah. the handicap, but there's there's definitely some better golfers, especially in the Tassie squad. We've got quite a big golf contingent. We're all members out at Royal Hobart and get up to Bamboo whenever we get a chance. But um, no, I'm definitely not one of the better ones, but I'll say mid-range. You see, life's a little easier when you live in Tasmania because there are some of the best golf courses in the world not far from where you uh, play cricket. Yeah, we were very sport for choice down there. It's almost the uh, the golfing mecca of the country now. We're becoming got Bamboo and obviously the two courses on King Island, which are, which isn't too much of a hassle to get to, and they're building a couple of nice ones uh, near the airport as well, and in the, in the um, on the uh, sand there as well. So going to be uh, even better in the next couple of years and, and a, lot of, a lot more of the boys that I didn't think would like golf are starting to take it up and we've got a big big contingent of golfers down there in Tassie. Hey Bo, how do you find the Australian summer in the in the schedule? Of course, Sheffield Shield into the Christmas break now and and Big Bash, the Prime Minister's 11, which we'll get to in a moment, and then of of course the Australian summer of Test Cricket. For someone like yourself, how do you, how do you personally find the, the sort of three months of this summer? Um, yeah, it's obviously quite full on. Um, but I suppose it has to be the way the cricket's going at the moment. There's there's opportunities for professionals to play everywhere, not just in Australia, but all over the world. And, and each tournament is sort of seemingly creeping into into our summer, and and the, the gaps that you have off are, are getting shorter. So it's uh, it's definitely becoming more packed. But for someone like myself, who like I said, I love playing the game and over training, and the more games I can get in. Um, the better, and I think the scheduling is a very, you know, tough, tough job. I'm definitely not envious of the bloke who's trying to sort out the, mm. the scheduling with the amount of cricket coming on, and um, you know, more tournaments popping up here and there, and players making the decision to to skip one and play the other type of thing. But um, you know, for someone who just 
regularly plays Sheffield Shield cricket into the Big Bash um, and a bit of cricket in England. It's it's uh, it's highly enjoyable and, and we get to see some good parts of the world as well, so I'm definitely not complaining. Bo Webster joins us. Of course, Prime Minister's 11 starting tomorrow. Pakistan in town. Four-day match as you head towards what's a, a big summer test series. Uh, how do you find out, Bo? Does the, the Prime Minister call you personally and say, hey, you know what, you're in the squad, you're, you're coming to Canberra as a cricket Australia? How do you find out and get this the tap on the shoulder, which is really a, a credit to you in the form you've been in? Ah uh, no, uh, Big Albo didn't give me the call. I think it was the, the uh, Tony Dottomay called me a couple of weeks ago and said I'm a I'm a chance and um, we'll see how it plays out. I think they're waiting on a bit of Aussie T20 stuff uh, going on, but no, we're we're actually around the Prime Minister's house as you would this afternoon yeah. to say hello and thanks for having us. But um, no, it's it's Cricket Australia selection and um, yeah, I got a call from Tony a couple of weeks ago. In in that situation, do you, have you have you have you met the prime minister before? No, I haven't. No, okay. first time we tonight. So, you're working something in your mind. You're going to try and go with an opening question. Is there something you want answered from the prime minister, or you're just going to play it casual and see where the conversation goes? No, I think he's got bigger things on his plate than <laughs> you know the bloke from Tassie trying to give him a piece of information. So I reckon I'll leave him to his business. And uh, I think uh, Nathan McSweeney's got a few words to say on behalf of the boys on the speech that I'm sure he's uh, not nervous about at all. But um, no, I think I'll be keeping it to a minimum with him. Hey, hey, just just on this though, because it is you know you talk about confidence and momentum, and there are things that happen in a in a career, be it on or off the pitch, that continually give you the confidence that you're doing the right things in the right way. And and this selection in in this prime minister's eleven is one of those things, right? Yeah, absolutely. I was I was thrilled to get the call, and then when I saw the the squad come out and the quality of you know Test cricketers in the team and and aspiring Test cricketers is obviously a huge honour. There's there's guys vying for spots all over the place at the moment and, and this game no doubt will be hard fought um, and I'm thrilled to be a part of it. I've, I've you know been out of the national selection eyes I suppose for a long time since I played a bit of Australia A when I first came on the scene and to be included amongst these guys is a big honour and, and something I'm looking forward to um, and yeah hopefully put a, a good foot forward and, and keep continuing this form. Hey, we uh, we focus on the bat here when you're, when you're playing so particularly well but you're bowling nicely as well early, early doors in the shield. Yeah, we've sort of taken a, a bit of a different approach into our shield um, bowling lineup, I suppose, this year with our, our couple of our big quicks leaving us in, in Bird and Siddle and, and we're left with a few guys that haven't played as much. So we've, we've got regularly playing uh, three all-rounders and two um, out-and-out seam bowlers, I suppose. So I'm finding myself bowling a lot more with a newer ball um, and early on in the game, you know, back in the early parts when I was bowling seam up, I, f- I found myself bowling, you know, that fourth or even fifth quick option where you wouldn't get the ball in the hand until there was either a partnership or, um, you know, in the 40s over. So it's nice to get the ball in the hand when there's still some riding on it. And, and we've made early inroads as well, um, you know, courtesy of Gabe Bell and Lawrence Neal-Smith. So the bowling's um, always in the front of my mind. I always want to contribute any, any way I can, whether it be in the, in the cordon or with the ball. And, um, yeah, to take a few wickets this year and, and get us, you know, into some good good positions in the field is has been satisfying. Big bash on the back of it, of course. You're gonna you're gonna miss the opening game of the big bash season for absolutely the 100% right reasons. How how much do you look forward to this tournament? Yeah, big bash is obviously fun. It's it's two months in the in the sunshine and travelling around Australia, playing in front of some good crowds and. Um, you know, the shorter form of the game where you're certainly not in the dirt for 150 or 160 <laughs> overs. It's in and out and uh, it's entirely enjoyable and, and high-paced cricket. And, um, yeah, we'll be looking forward to this this PM's 11 game 
um, which will be good in the across the next four days. Looking forward to catching up with the Melbourne Stars boys and um, you know getting stuck in there. I think back to ten games this season, so each game is is very important. And um, yeah, we've been down on the dregs, I suppose, the last three years. Mm. So we're we're definitely looking forward to getting another top. Yeah. Look, the Melbourne Stars is, is is a franchise that, and traditionally when the when the Big Bash was formed, there's a lot of pressure. I think you know Eddie Maguire heavily involved, probably had some expectation. But do you do feel within the the Melbourne Stars team with the talent that you have that there is a little extra pressure because you haven't quite as a franchise won it yet? Yeah, hundred percent. I think us and the Hobart Hurricanes are the only two that haven't held the trophy, mm. so we're definitely hungry to to try and. Um, to get our hands on it. I suppose we've still got the big names in Maxwell and Stoinis yeah. and Nathan Coulton Isles still going and bowling well. Um, so we're still still a big team, I suppose. We're a big supporter base and we obviously play at the MCG, which is which is a huge honour. So um, no doubt the boys have been a bit um, sheepish about how we've gone the last few years and we really want to get the Stars' name back up to where they were when they were playing in finals and um, and even grand finals with some of those big names of Kevin Peterson and obviously Warney and things like that. So, no, there's definitely a hunger and a drive from the lads and, and, and no more than Glenn Maxwell, the captain. He's obviously a Stars boy through and through and um, he's he's at the forefront of us trying to get us back up the top of the table. Lastly, you mentioned the MCG there. Do you, do you have a favourite cricket ground around the world? Uh, I, I, I hate to be biased, but I actually love playing at Bell Reef. My mm-hmm. home ground, Tassie, is... It offers a bit for everybody down there. The cricket's really enjoyable in, in terms of there's plenty in it with the uh, with the new ball, the colour the color of the wicket in particularly. Um, it nips around a lot with the new ball, but then once the shine goes off it, it could be an excellent place to bat. And I, I think I've had largely, outside of the whack, it would probably be my most successful ground. So I'd have to say that one. But um, in terms of white ball cricket, there's nothing better than, you know, playing in front of big crowds, MCG, on a, on a nice summer's afternoon or evening. It's... It, um, it puts a smile on your face and, and really makes you appreciate what you have. Well, you should be smiling because you're in wonderful form. Prime Minister's 11, then into the Big Bash and then back to Shield where uh, the Tigers, as you touched on, are having a really nice year on the back of your great form, mate. I know you've got a fair bit on, so appreciate you jumping on the line to have a chat. No worries, guys. Thanks very much for having me. Thank you. Beautifully done. Bo Webster, ripping form. Melbourne Stars, they start on Thursday night. He won't be there because Prime Minister's 11 taking on Pakistan starting tomorrow in Canberra, where I'm told the weather is glorious. A very quick break. Pete Hawley not far off. This is Midday Madness and your calls. one three hundred seven three six seven three six 736 736 next. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. We're right around Australia. Cam Luke in for Dwayne Russell. Werribee Kia open line is, as always, open. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. And the 40 Wings temper text on fire. The question today, favourite sports star over the summer. So plenty of temper text. I've got prizes to give away that I'm going to give away before the hour is done. Peter Jackson, $100 voucher up for grabs. Pataki hams galore and... Of course, if you like your golf, Club Mandalay, beautiful part of the world, go down, have a hit on us. You and a mate, grab a cart, Club Mandalay, 18 holes to give away. And in fact, the last time I went to Club Mandalay, I played with this particular person, actually, Pete Hawley, number one analyst in the game, NBL firing up. Now the fever break is done. We're into the second half for the year. Pete, hello to you. Thanks, Aaron. Man, I remember that. you. Uh, what, was, what is a hole 11 over the water? And yep. you put two straight in there and mm. I, you haven't been back. No, I, I, that's 100% accurate. 
Accurate. You know, I sometimes get my uh, ambition for Instagram caught up with my actual ability, and that's what happened on that course. Anyway, uh, let's get to the NBL. Let's start with Adelaide because it's interesting uh, when you're in National League and, and all sports have to deal with it. Travel is never easy, and you have to get on planes. You have done it collegiately, and I'm dead as a pro here in the NBL. But, geez, they were really, really, really flat. They were disgusting on the court, but they were really flat on the NBL for the scheduling where they had to go to New Zealand, then back to Tasmania. Do they have any leg to stand on, do you think, Pete? Yeah, I think they definitely have a leg to stand on, just because you put yourself, anyone's been in any sort of travel, at really any level where you've got to wake up at, at 3 a.m. and you land, and obviously there's going to be a time difference in New Zealand, and uh, it's going to take a toll on you. But what I think kind of ruins their stance is they, they made the comments of it being a tough road trip before that even mm-hmm. happened, saying it's, uh, it's going to be shocking and itinerary, and when you've already planted that seed, you've kind of already given up on uh, any hope to kind of have a good result. And as soon as they lose that first game to New Zealand, where you could have ripped that second game off against Tasmania, it was never going to come out the right way. But um, I've had a lot worse road trips uh, in my career, both college and professional, and even in um, playing for United when we played in Invercargill. I think we had to wake up at 3 o'clock or something in the morning uh, to catch a flight to New Zealand and then drive down to Invercargill. So... Uh, something just aren't ideal is just how you make the best of a bad situation and you can can be character building or you can kind of fall apart and they fell apart. I think you put the nail on the head. It was actually on uh, Sports Day SA last week on the SCN Radio Network where Scott Ninnis put it on the agenda straight up last Wednesday. said the NBL need to, to look at this. And, and you've been in this situation, not necessarily around travel, but the moment there's some negativity or an excuse is already half given prior to the actual contest happening, and it, it, it gives the 36ers players... An excuse. They don't deserve excuses because they haven't quite played good uh, good basketball all year. But by putting it on the agenda means they've already spoken about it internally, which automatically gave them an out, which probably didn't help when it got to Tasmania on Saturday night. Yeah, it's, it's the excuse part of it is correct, but it's also it's it's planting that seed that then goes okay. We, we all arrive at the airport. I think Jason Kelly made the comment uh, yeah in the news on uh, Channel Seven or something the day before they left. So. That, that seed's been planted. It's a rough schedule. So you arrive at the airport at 4.30 in the morning uh, and you've already got that negative energy. No one wants to be there rather than just saying, oh, well, this sucks, but let's get a coffee. Let's get a couple of coffees in us and go from there. And then obviously, in hindsight, you're probably looking at, do we want to have a game day shoot around? What's more important, getting some sleep or uh, getting some shots up? And maybe you change that if you did it again to uh, just having a team walk and then getting to the stadium a little earlier to get shots up. There's a lot of things you could do differently. And um, I've never done the New Zealand then Tasmania. I'm sure that would be hard as well. But as I said, you lose that first game with the seed planted, then that's been watered, and you go into Tasmania. And I mean, they look flat, but they just look like they've given up, didn't they? Who's the best team in the league? I think it's still Melbourne United. Um, there's been, I mean, Perth coming right now. Tasmania are right up there, make no mistake. And they're a team that, uh, when they get to the finals, if they have a series against United or if Sydney's there, they're not going to be afraid. Um, and they're probably the best team offensively and defensively since Will Magnus come in. So mm-hmm. I think Tassie's right up there. But that depth of Melbourne United, it's going to be tough over a five-game series. I'll ask you, because you've been in this situation, FIBA break, famously 2018, break off a bad loss, two weeks, toughest. It's been well-documented. You come out and, and found form. Dean Vickerman is extremely extremely hardcore defensive coach. And this is what I'm interested to see about how disappointing they were defensively on Sunday, Melbourne. Cairns were brilliant, got a lot of open shots. They got, in fact, anything they wanted into the first half. How do you think Dean Vickerman, knowing that he gave up so many points on the back of a break, 
would have dealt with that team on Sunday night, Monday morning, Tuesday, when they got back on the practice court? Yeah, it wouldn't be fun. Uh, there'd be a few tough days there early on. And again, it's a week between games. And it's one of those that if you ever play for Dean Vickerman and you give up 115 points or you just have a really poor defensive outing, you're just praying you've got a game in two days' time where you don't have to get on the practice court because you know what's coming. But uh, I still, my only concern with Melbourne, it's weird to say, my concern is, is them being too healthy for not long enough because they've got so they've probably got 11 or 12 players really who deserve to play 20 minutes or more, which is just impossible to do. And they've had 57 seconds of everybody healthy. So what happens then? How do they figure all that out? That's something that's going to be very interesting to watch. Perth, a month ago, six weeks ago, everyone was talking about the fact that, you know, Trevor Gleeson here, of course, getting still paid by the Toronto Raptors. So there's no added financial incentive for him to actually coach this year because he gets a set number, which ends at the end of July. So uh, he's there, commentary gigs. Of course, he's a, he's a legend when it comes to coaching, in particular, the Wildcats. They were struggling. Now they look like they might be the best team, or at least they've been the best-performed team in the last month. And Friday night was a big one. Got down. Jonah Bolden was good. Kings had them on the ropes. But in the end, Bryce Cotton gets them home. How do you see Perth? Where do you see Perth and Sydney? Are they, are they neck and neck? Do you have one marginal in front of the other? I've, I've got my concerns have grown last. I mean, you talk about the, the fever break, but even the game before that with Sydney, because it's another one that uh, if they don't have everybody healthy for long enough going into the business end of the season, I'm just not sure they'll figure it out because they've got so many guys who deserve minutes. Jalen Galloway's in. Uh, they started pretty well uh, with DJ Hogue was injured. Now he's got to find his groove and this new style of play. It's kind of hard to figure out when you've got so many key pieces coming in and out. So, I've got some questions there. I still think they'll be really good and really tough to beat in January. And Perth, I mean, it seems like uh, it was rocket science at the time when it shouldn't be. But just to have Bryce Cotton involved in nearly every play, he doesn't have to shoot it every time. But good things will happen down the end of a game because he knows how to take over. And uh, right now, you probably say he's leading the MVP charge and Perth are right back in the conversation. Pete Hawley joins us, of course, NBL analyst, ESPN, SEN, basketball as well. He's across it all when it comes to the, the league here and, of course, the NBA, which you might touch on in a moment. But I, there's, out of every club right now, we're, we're 15 or so games into this season, halfway home. You kind of get a fair fear. I think Melbourne are the best team. I think Tasmania, Sydney and Perth are right there on the back of them. I just have, you know, like teams like, you know, Illawarra, you know, Brisbane are okay. They'll win enough games maybe to give themselves a chance. I have a fair idea about every team. Bar Southeast Melbourne. Now they won on the weekend. They beat New Zealand, but they kind of got a little lucky. The the game was there for the Breakers in a fourth quarter, which they didn't take. Are you a Southeast Melbourne Phoenix can make a deep playoff run guy, or are you a guy that suggests they can make the play in, but they're not really going to be in the fighting for that maybe a championship? Oh, I think they'll definitely be in the play in. What I want to see is the next couple of games with this new move of Will Cummings coming off the bench and. Uh, I think the injury to Craig Muller is uh, is going to be really painful for them because you don't have too many of those guys who can impact a game without touching the ball, and, and he's one of those guys. And what happens then um, is going to be the interesting thing uh, with that. And, and defensively, we've always had the concerns with the Phoenix. But, um, yeah, Will Cummings coming off the bench, it looked good for them. But what happens in, in a, a do-or-die game defensively? Do they have enough pieces to stand up and... Uh, I'm not sure, but they'll definitely be around the market. As we said, if you string it all together come middle of January and going forward, then who knows what could happen. The NBA is interesting when it's 82 games over the year and, and Adam Silver and the uh, the hierarchy realised this and introduced this pre-season tournament or in-season rather, in-season tournament, which will culminate 
Uh, we're into the quarterfinals today. It'll culminate in Vegas in a week and a half time. I think it might even be on the weekend. Either which way. It has got me interested at this particular time, Peter. Are you a in-season NBA tournament man? I am 99% in. I absolutely mm-hmm. love it, except for the Chicago Bulls home court. I think it's one of the worst things I've ever seen, that that bright red. Besides that, I like all the courts. I like everything else they've done. Um, the hype around it, I, I was worried the players wouldn't buy in. Because mm-hmm. boys, I think they get 500 grand each yep. or something if they win, which for the end of the bench guys would be huge, I'm sure. But like for the main guys, it's it's not even pocket change. You wouldn't even bend over to pick it up for for half of the guys like Jason Tatum, etc. But they seem to have really bought into it, and they, it's added a different level of excitement. Um, and I guess the only other negative I don't like is there was no games yesterday because they were preparing for the games today and mm. tomorrow. And normally, we're, unless it's, I think it's uh, Thanksgiving in America, there's NBA games on every day. So that's probably my only two cons. It's hard to believe. Everything in the NBA is led by LeBron James. So uh, if he has the intensity or he takes a particular way of, of playing games and, and brings it each and every night, then traditionally that filters down around the league. And it was going to be huge on if LeBron James is actually actively keen on making sure this tournament is something for the Lakers. Of course, they've done it well when it comes to regular season wins and win-loss record. It's hard to believe, though. As you touched on, 500 grand is a lot of money for 99.99% of the people in this world. LeBron James is one of those at $500,000 isn't a great deal, but it, I think it lends to his tight arsery, to be fair, Pete, because he's been hell-bent <laughs> on trying to get the Lakers these wins in a 500K. I think it's more the fact that I'm, I don't think everybody's sold on the Lakers actually winning a title. So if they can win True. this, you've just got to win a couple of games, then uh, they go into it and say they've got some sort of trophy, the first ever in-season tournament NBA Cup, and, uh, they kind of hang the hat on that because I'm, yeah, I don't see them contending overall. And um, but yeah, it's definitely fun to see everybody buying in, and I think it's only going to get better once they look back at it and say, what can we improve on? And I mean, you've got guys coming into the game today saying they're looking forward to a trip to Vegas midway through the season. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like it's a bunch of Dennis Rodman all over again, but we get to watch some hoops. I want to point out that the court, as bad as it is in Chicago, is absolutely not the worst thing to come out of Chicago this year. That team is just <laughs> absolutely sucks. Hey, I'll just quickly ask you, too, about the Boomers because uh, you, you touched on the fact there's NBA players, Australian players, of course, playing good basketball. I think Dyson Daniels has had a really good start to the year. Josh Green, likewise. But I want to ask you about Patty Mills. He's not playing. He's not playing. He's at Atlanta. This happens in the NBA. This happens late careers, depending on where the franchise is. It, it happens all the time. So what Paddy Mills is, is going through right now happens a lot. But it doesn't happen a great deal leading into an Olympic Games where he is the pillar of the boomers. How, how does Brian Gorgian look at this and play this over the next sort of seven or eight months towards Paris? It's going to be very interesting, isn't it? Because I think a lot of people were saying, okay, you take Paddy to Paris, then he'll be a sixth man coming off the bench. And okay, that's all well and good. I think he could be a superstar in that role for us in Paris. But who's our main guy then offensively to tick the, the ball over, tick the scoreboard over in the starting five? Is it, is it Josh Green? Is, is he ready for that kind of uh, um, responsibility? Sorry to, to step up and do that. I'm not sure they have anyone around, I mean, we saw what happened, how desperately they needed shooting. So I, I still think they're going to have to lean on, on Paddy a lot in Paris. But yeah, it's a, it's a lot for Gorge to think about from now until he picks that team. So you, you would still 100% pick Paddy Mills? Oh, he's going. Yep. Yeah, you can't not. I think you're 100%. A lot of people want to say that Ingles shouldn't be there. I think that uh, even if you don't want to play him, I think you've got to take him in the 12. But you see just in the locker room and just that kind of level head guy to to kind of help guys get through an Olympic tournament, which is a completely different setup for what a World Cup is. 
in terms of tournament layout as well. And it's, just the locker room value he's brought to Orlando this season has clearly been crucial as well. So I think he'd be on the team. Whether he plays a whole lot, I don't think. I, it's weird to say, but the actual Olympics in the basketball is easier than the World Cup. Less exactly. teams, uh, the mm-hmm. the qualifying ca- uh, phases in Europe knock out some of these high-profile teams who are really good. So uh, it is interesting, and Joe Ingles having a, a very nice season for a surprising, a really surprising Orlando Magic who are playing great basketball. Uh, Pete, as always, thank you. Thanks, brother. Beautifully done. Pete Hawley, number one analyst in the NBL. You can hear him. ESPN commentating over the course of the weekend and a big part of NBL and basketball here on the SEN Network. All right, we've got some time. We... Have we, have we got a name yet from the Melbourne Stars? We haven't. So they're in the nets. We're going to play Melbourne Stars Lucky Dip in around 20 minutes' time. We're going to call a number, and someone is going to talk to us. But before that, we want you to talk to me. The Werribee Kia open line is open, one 736 736 for Werribee Kia, awarded the prestigious National Kia Car Dealer of the Year. Werribee Kia, warehouse. Here we go. $100 Peter Jackson voucher, up for grabs right now. Dress up, stand out, be seen. In Peter Jackson this summer, the look is everything, which suits from three hundred ninety nine dollars. So hundred dollar Peter, Peter Jackson. There it is. Thank you, A Rod. It is a hundred dollar Peter Jackson voucher up for grabs. We touched on Club Mandalay, eighteen holes of golf. You and your mate grab a cart. Why walk? You're not a pro. Get eighteen holes of golf for two. There's drinks and a cart midweek for just ninety nine dollars as well. So jump on clubmandalay.com.au or call me right now and I will send you down there. Or a Bataki ham. It simply wouldn't be Christmas without a Pataki ham. So the first three callers that I like on the back of who is your summer sport hero gets to choose what prize they want. one 736 736 to get involved. Stars not far away. James Jordan as well, the new swan. Kelsey Brown in studio. It's a big Tuesday. Your call's next on Dwayne's World. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Cam Luke in for Dwayne. But the number remains the same. one 736 736 It started as Midday Madness for one hour and just extends all the way to three o'clock. So the Werribee Key Open Line is always open for you to talk whatever you want. Sport on the agenda. one 736 736 Six, James Jordan for the Swanee fans. Going to join me in about half hour's time. Kelsey Brown in studio. A lot going on in the world of netball and her career. So we'll uh, get a little insight into that as well. But let's get back to the phones. Prizes up for grabs. $100 Peter Juxon voucher. 18 goals a hole for Club Mandalay. Bataki ham, which everybody wants. Summer sport. Who is your summer sport hero? Domestically or internationally this time of the year? Who tickles your fancy? Let's go to Jack in Sandringham. Hello, Jack. G'day, Cam. How you going? Good, man. Who you got? So I was going to say, as an NBL man, you'll know Chris Golding, mm-hmm. CG43. Mm-hmm. He happens to turn it on every summer. Yes, he does. Uh, I think, I don't know, I think he's a hard, bit hard done by back in the day with Dallas. Mm-hmm. And he's forging a really good career down under. Absolutely. Very, very unlucky not to have got an NBA opportunity. Plenty of... Knocking on the door, yeah, summer league stuff. But yeah, he, and he's funny. He's someone I think too, Jack. Not only is he an outstanding basketballer, of course, and a Olympic Games bronze medalist with that Boomers team in 
in 2021. But he's someone that, that feeds off the crowd and the crowd feeds off him. So he's, he's the perfect personality and role model for that team in this situation. That's a, that's a really good example, Jack. Appreciate your call, man. Thank you. Nick's on the Gold Coast. Hey, Nick, it's a beautiful day in Melbourne today. What's the Gold Coast like? Oh, it's absolutely perfect weather today. It's probably around 30 degrees, so, yeah, can't complain. <laughs> As per. Uh, take it away, mate. Who's your summer sports hero? I think David Warner. I know it's a bit of an obvious choice, but uh, he set himself at the Sydney Test of his final, and I think he's put pressure on himself to perform, and I really believe he's going to perform. I think he's going to come come up and do what he's done for years for Australia, whether you're... Love him or hate him, he's gonna he's gonna turn it on, and mm. we're all gonna tune in to see what he does. So, David Warner for me this summer, he's gonna he's gonna get people watching TV. That's for sure. Agreed, absolutely agree. And you're right, he's divisive, and there are people who don't like him or like him for whatever which reason. He, it is interesting; hasn't always been done a great deal. What he did when he he circled that SCG test as a as a farewell game, such a long way out, and and look, he doesn't have to. He only has to play well in the first test. Because Cricket Australia won't drop him if he doesn't perform at the MCG leading in to the SCG test. So he really only has to get through to the MCG because I can't see Cricket Australia dropping him leading into a third test. I think something we, we lose a lot in cricket, we try to complicate things a little bit. Don't get me wrong. His, his red ball form hasn't been incredible in 2023. But the, the fact that they took him to the Ashes... And they retain the Ashes. They also won the World Test Championship. They won a World Cup, which is a little different, being the white ball, which he will continue to play. So I understand the question mark around David Warner and the fact that he wants to get to the SCG test. Is it good? Is it bad? Is it egotistical? Whatever it might be and how you view it, everyone has a different view on it. He doesn't need to worry about this. If he gets to the MCG, which he will, he will play the SCG test regardless of form because I think we've kind of lost a little bit of a look into how good the Australian test team is going. Like, we, we won the World Test Championship and we retained the Ashes, Nick. Like, what what more? Like, I, I get it. There's no one really massively knocking the house down. I know you can throw names. Bancroft is at the, the tip of everyone's tongue. But is it like he's, he's absolutely, just absolutely banging the door down? So I think he'll play against the West Indies, but there is no doubt David Warner gets to the SCG in my mind. That's it. I agree, and I'm looking forward to it. Look, he's the one that's going to make us watch, so well, I'm looking forward to it. That's also true. Uh, not dissimilar to the Nick Kyrgios theory. There are people who don't like Nick Kyrgios, but they also absolutely 100% tune in to see what the, the bloody hell is going on. And I think Dave Warner's the same, but Australia will beat Pakistan. Like Australia will beat Pakistan in this test series, which therefore takes pressure off Cricket Australia needing to make any selection call around David Warner until the SCG test is done. So um, was, it, was it a little bit different? Absolutely. Is he a legend of Australian cricket? Absolutely. Is he in the best 11? Probably you can make an argument, but the Sheffield Shield, in the eyes of Cricket Australia, they can fall on it at different times to say that the form out of Sheffield Shield doesn't always correlate. Bancroft has played red ball cricket. He's got a baggy green. And he hasn't really set the world on fire. So it makes a jo- it makes their absolute jobs easier, Cricket Australia selectors, as long as the Australian Test team still win, which they will continue to do, even if David Warner isn't going absolutely bang. Nick Dwayne. Wait right there. David as well. I'm going to come to you very shortly. Wherever you might be, one 736 
736. Amy Drew is in the newsroom. We'll get back to your calls on the other side of this. Head for Dwayne Russell off the text. David Warner is not a legend of Australian cricket. He's fourth in line opener. Taylor, Hayden, Langer, all ahead of him. And all legends. Now, I'm not saying David Warner's the greatest Australian cricketer we've ever had, but I think there needs to be some respect towards David Warner's cricketing ability. And he has done it for a long time in all formats of the game. Simply what I was putting out, but I appreciate you off the temper text. Uh, Nick's in Burnside, one 736 736. Nick, fire away, mate. Summer sport hero, who you got? Afternoon, Cam. Love your work. Oh, I think we'll see a change in the guard. The summer sport show is going to be Lance Morris, I think. Uh, the young quick from WA. I can see him against the weaker Pakistan and West Indies really capturing the hearts and minds of the Australian cricket fans. I'm not 100% certain he'll play against Pakistan, but he will get an opportunity at some point. And and that West Indies, again, I don't always subscribe to this theory because it's the Australian test team and it's the highest of cricket, level of cricket you can get. But there is an opportunity where some of these guys might get uh, a chance to earn a baggy green or play for Australia again. And he's one of them who I think will enjoy what's going to happen in the back end of the summer. He's a guy that I think we talk about relatability and we talk about automatically liking athletes. And I think that he is one of them that I think if you, if you are across him, you like him. And if you don't know, you're about to get exposed to him. And I think you're going to enjoy what he brings both on and off the cricket field. I agree. I think what I've seen him in the media, he's just a ripping guy and he's someone that will appeal to, to all cricket fans. So I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully he has a ripping summer. And another guy, Spencer Johnson here in Adelaide, I think he's, he's, he's sort of the next after Lance Morris too. Beautifully done. Uh, where are you? Are you in, did you say you're in Adelaide or you're in Melbourne here, Nick? No, I'm in Adelaide. I live in Adelaide, Burnside, Adelaide. Okay, Burnside, Adelaide. You confused me. I was going to send you a Bataki ham, but now I cannot due to the fact. $100 Peter Jackson voucher for you, mate. You like to dress up? Oh, mate, love it. Thank you so much. Beautifully done. Have a chat to the crew at Peter the back. Peter Jackson. There it is, Nick and Burnside. All thanks to Peter Jackson. $100 Peter Jackson voucher. Dress up, stand out, be seen in Peter Jackson this summer. The look is everything. Suits from $399 on your way, Nick, to Peter Jackson. Let's get to Dwayne on the road. Of course, this is Dwayne's show. This is not Dwayne, I assume, who runs his show, but another Dwayne. Dwayne, hello to you. How are you, buddy? Good, mate. Take it away. Hey, what I was going to say, mate, six months ago... We would have said Sam Kerr, but I reckon the entire Matildas, you just can't get enough of them. Um, my 10-year-old daughter just keeps getting the schedule, looking every single day if there's a new game going to be released. And they played a couple of friendlies, but it'd be so good if um, <clears throat> they can get them out to Australia a bit more often, hopefully, mm. you know, between you know, between their you know, England commitments, etc. Because what they did for not just sport, but women's sport in the last six months, I reckon has been one of the greatest things I've seen. So, yeah, I'd love to see a bit more Matildas action over the summer months, mate. A lot of, lot of people off the temper text actually talking about um, Hayley Rasso as well. You could almost name the entire squad and the Matildas and what they did and that wonderful World Cup. And, and, and we could see even the fact, Wayne, that when they come back to Perth probably six weeks ago now and they played those qualifying games, it wasn't – I don't reckon it was overly marketed as prominently as it should have been, but the joints were packed and there is no doubt they are a growing – sports team who have been very good, very, very good at the highest level in World Cups and Olympic Games for, you know, a decade now. And now it feels like the rest of us have finally caught up about the way they play their their World Games. So I like it. I like it a lot, Dwayne. And the fact that 
The other day I did see a couple of men, I'm going to say mid-30s, wearing Sam Kerr jerseys out and about at a barbecue. Sort of tells us exactly uh, where they are prominently in the, in the sports fan's mind now. Yeah, spot on, mate. And the fact you still can't get an Australian Guernsey at Rebel Sport, they're still sold out. Um, as I say, we didn't know, you know, you might have known Sam and a couple of others, but you could reel off the whole lot and I can't buy any merchandise and can't get to a game. How tough that? That's a good, good hey, problem to have, though. Best way to be. Hey, uh, Dwayne, I have got are you a golfer or not? Oh, I don't mind a bit of golf, but I love a bit of cocky hand. All right. I love a bit of cocky there hand. you go. I did say you can choose what prize you have, and because you're in Victoria, you are in Victoria, right, Dwayne? You do stay on the road. Mate, I'll be there in a flash to grab it for Done. sure. Done. All right, link out the back. Take care of it. Pataki ham. It simply wouldn't be Christmas. Christmas without a Pataki ham. Good job, Dwayne. Enjoy that. Hey, David's on the road as well. David, where do we find you? Uh, thanks, Cam. Thanks for taking the call. I, um, I want to stick with our national summer sport cricket, mm-hmm. and I can't wait to see what Glenn Maxwell's going to do this <laughs> summer. Uh, off the back of his performances at the World Cup, uh, I believe that he's no longer the big show. He's the complete package. He can bat, he can bowl, he can field, he can do it all. It's unbelievably hard to argue about any of that, David, to be fair. I, I think the fact is that he went to that World Cup. We've seen him do remarkable things before. He did remarkable things in the biggest stage in a tournament. I, I think it's all well and good now, but Australia started slow and there was so much talk about where Australia and how Australia were going to bounce back early tournament. I think the length of the tournament absolutely helped the Australians. He went bang. He got involved in a golf cart incident and he, he missed a game with concussion. But he is absolutely, and I talk about this a lot in sport, there's contagious energy and personality and everyone feeds off it in the crowd and they feed players on the whatever. It might be the cricket pitch, it might be the basketball court, it might be rugby league, whatever it might be, they feed off it and it bounces around. And I think Glenn Maxwell and the way he plays his cricket, both at the bat, ball and in the field, is a perfect example of what's good for sport. Yeah, absolutely, Cam. And... um... On the back of uh, the Big Bash starting uh, this Thursday, I think the lead-up to Christmas is just going to be uh, mouth-watering just watching uh, Maxi club the ball. I, I think I think he will absolutely... I think he'll dominate the Big Bash, but I, I think that Cricket Australia and, and Victorian Cricket and the Stars really need to lean into the marketing of it because you are right. He's in ripping form. He's a huge part of any success the Stars may be going to have. Peter Moores this morning suggesting on breakfast he's going to play Thursday night. So we should all be getting out there Thursday night and watching him do his thing because he's in ripping form. He's up and about. He seems like in a really good place with his cricket and his life. And that can only really lead to unbelievably high cricket scores from that man. Oh, yeah. I I can't wait. I appreciate your call, mate. Thanks, Cam. Thank you. David's on the road. Hey, don't forget the Big Bash this Thursday night live on SEN. There's John Donahue out the back. He's the EP and the number one cricket commentator in the country. His words, not mine. A very quick break. I've got 18 holes of golf still to give away. Clubmandalay.com.au. A very quick break. The temper text is nicely fired up. We'll get to some of those texts on the other side of this. One prize left. one 736 736 If you want to grab it, you and your mate and a card, 18 holes, Club Mandalay. Jump on the line right now and tell me exactly who is your summer sports hero. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell.
Cam Luke, right around the nation. SEN Radio Network filling in for Dwayne Russell. Feed up, relaxing, big summer. He is getting set for a huge 2024. The Werribee Key line, open line is open, one 736 736 And we'll get to Aaron and Bendigo right now. Summer sport hero, who is it? Quite simple. Aaron, who you got for me? Have we got you, Az? Yeah, I've got you. Beautifully done. Take it away. I've got Lee for you. It's uh, it's hard to go away from a couple of these golfers who are in fine form. Oh, absolutely. I think he's really cutting of age. He's, uh, to some degree, I think he's always almost been a forgotten man of Australian golf, but just the way he's played, certainly dominated um, the first tournament mm-hmm. and nearly got there last Monday. <laughs> I thought it was bloody brilliant. Uh, incredibly tough effort in golf. We talk and said a lot. To back it up and, and play... Two incredibly great tournaments, weekend after weekend, is something that doesn't happen a great deal. And for him to be able to do that and come oh so close again was was huge. And you're right, he, he, lower pro, uh, lower profile golfer, no doubt when it comes to you know the Cam Smiths, the Jason Days, who is now back to the number one Australian ranked golfer. I see overnight, of course, Adam Scott. They, these men who have been there for a little bit longer, but there is no doubt he's enjoying his golf, and that's showing every time he walks out there playing well. Uh, don't forget. Cathedral Invitational tomorrow. We're all going to be down there having a blast with the best golfers in Australia. So tune in. Plenty going on. I think uh, Andy Marr and Andrew Gaze are going to just take control of it. And David King and I are just going to jump on the bandwagon and see where we end up. Uh, Gab's on the road on 1300 736 736. Hello, Gab. G'day, mate. What do you got for me? Uh, I've got a rookie for you. Go on. Oscar Priastri. Okay. Okay. <laughs> a bit less fair, I don't know, but uh, he's had a really good first year in, uh, in, in Formula One. He, 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 he did. He absolutely did. And I think sometimes we, we lose in the, in the Formula One world. I'm not saying it's out of sight, out of mind for, for hardcore motor racing fans and sports fans, but occasionally we have these Australian athletes who are, who are doing some really nice things, maybe not creme de la creme in their sport, but are right there knocking on the podium. And, and he's one of them who I think occasionally out of sight, out of mind. But it's, it's, a, it's a nice start to a tough world he had. Absolutely. And he's not creme de la creme now, but I think he's going to be definitely future world champion. He's he got, took it up to Lando Norris yep. and uh, did very, very well. Now, are you assuming you're a hardcore F1 guy, Gab? Uh, yeah, to say the least. Okay. Well, what did you make of Vegas? Oh, Vegas was, uh, it was, it was, I thought it was good. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was a, it was a great spectacle. Yeah. Probably not from the driver's point of view, from yep. the fan point of mm-hmm. view, it was a good race. Um, being midnight was a bit interesting. Uh, yeah. Interesting. That's a word. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I thought, uh, I thought the, the race was good. It showed a bit of, uh, bit of spice to the whole season, I think. Which, which I think the U S legs in the formula one probably needed, right? Yes. Some... Yes. And given mm. so many races, uh, you know, some boring races, I thought that was a good race. Mm. No doubt. I think there was some logistical situation. There's no doubt the fact that the races were late and the drivers weren't overly happy, but that's how the sport continues to make headlines and, and continually pushes the boundaries, which it has done so particularly well for such a long time. Are you a golfer, Gab, or are you you're strictly a motorsport guy? I am a golfer. All right. you, you're a Melbourneian? Yes, I am. All right. Club Mandalay, have you been there before? Oh, very long time ago, yeah. Okay, you want to go again? Absolutely, Perfect. thank you. There you go, link out the back, we'll get your details, you and your mate are going to head out 
I should say a mate, not your mate, as in you've only got one. I'm sure you've got a few. But either way, you're heading to Club Mandalay. You're going to grab a cart. You're going to play 18. And for everybody else, make sure you get involved, clubmandalay.com.au. Now, it is Melbourne Stars membership day here at SEN. We've had the uh, superstars from the very start of the day on the show. But they're in the nets right now, and they're still in the nets. So we've been unable to get a Melbourne star as they continue to get ready and prepare for Thursday night. Melbourne Stars exclusive membership offer. That's still on. Two-game membership, just $32 for today only. So all thanks to Melbourne Stars. $32, two-game membership for today only. It all kicks off on Thursday night. And Glenn Maxwell, the big show, who continually has been pushed off the temper text in particular as being the summer sports hero for so many, joined Jules the Stoop not too long ago. When you've have had any chance to reflect on the World Cup, what what are you most proud of? Oh, I just think the the resilience of our whole whole squad to sort of, um, I suppose, withstand everything that sort of happened leading up to the to the tournament. We obviously um, let slip the series in South Africa. Um, obviously, got beaten by India in the the series leading in, and had the practice games. It, it felt like the the longest sort of lead into a World Cup and. Um, you could see that it's sort of taken its toll on the group early on in the in the, um, in the World Cup, but to come back after those first two games and the start that we had against Sri Lanka and um, just get on a run and and almost get to a stage where the boys start to go, all right, now we now we go and um, sort of put the the foot to the floor for the rest of the time was was pretty incredible to watch and um, everyone had their moments throughout the World Cup and it, it just was a as we said at the start, it was going to take the full squad, and it, it certainly um, reflected in that at the end of it. You got your plaudits, and so you should for your performances in the World Cup. Just wondering, in the final, though, you did get Rohit Sharma out, but everyone just caught, talks about Travis Head's catch. Has your role in that wicket been understated? <laughs> it certainly has. But yeah, someone had to bowl the ball. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was quite funny, because normally when I come on to bowl, it's sort of more of a guide... Um, for the rest of our bowlers to sort of see how the wicket's reacting. I'll bowl a few different change-ups, um, try to try to spin a couple and, and see how it's reacting off the pitch. And I bowled three balls and I sort of gave this blank stare to Paddy, just sort of looking at him going, it is not spinning at all. It's <laughs> not gripping, it's not holding, it's, it's just sliding straight on. And uh, when I got the second over, I was like, this, this could be carnage. Like, he... If he takes me on here, I'm, I'm, I reckon I'm in a bit of trouble. And he hit the the one he hit for six. I saw him coming. I dragged it shorter, and I thought this should sort of bounce up into his hip. And he hit through the line, and it went about 30 rows back. And I went, I am in a world of trouble here. And um, thankfully, um, he tried to do it again, and um, and Hedy hung on hung on to an absolute beauty. And um, that it's little moments like that where you just everything sort of felt like it was meant to be um, leading up to that. World Cup hero Glenn Maxwell a little earlier today with Jules Destoop on Melbourne Stars exclusive membership day here at SEN. Two-game membership, $32 today only. And the good news is the big show going to be there Thursday night when the Big Bash kicks off. And, of course, if you can't get there, don't miss a second right here on SEN. Quick break, plenty more Dwayne's World next. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell.
Right around the SEN network, Cam Luke in for Dwayne Russell. The Werribee Key open line, as always, is open. one 736 736 The temper text is nicely fired up. I'll get to some of the... Temper text very shortly because the question today has been your summer sports hero. I think in the AFL, the NRL world, we have a fair idea as to who we are passionately caring about week in, week out. But the summer here in Australia, be it Australia or Australian athletes or athletes internationally, isn't as clear cut. So the temper text is nicely fired up. We'll get to all that shortly. Kelsey Brown's going to join me in studio in about a half hour as well. But let's go up to Sydney because they had a very successful off-season. A lot has been made about Brody Grundy and Taylor Adams now being Swans, but I think there's a very underrated pickup, and his name is James Jordan, who uh, who leaves the Ds and heads to the Swans perfectly for what they need in the 2024. He's new at Sydney. I think it might have been his first day. Yes, he joins us now. James, welcome back to SEN. Thanks, Cam. Thanks for having me. Mate, uh, first day yesterday? Yeah, it was. Yep. <laughs> I'm always interested. How is he? You've been at Melbourne, you get drafted, and you end up there and you go and you're in your first day, which I'm sure is a really nerve wracking experience. How different is it at the first day at a new club? Yeah, it just feels like first day of school again. You know, first like feels like you just got drafted and uh, it's very exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you get to go out there with, with um, a new group of, of teammates. And um, yeah, I was very excited. For yesterday, uh, even though it was, it was a pretty solid day, uh, yeah, I loved it. Well, this situation and this decision, and one that you could make due to the uh, the unrestricted free agency of which you held at the end of last year, it, was it a huge one for you? Was it one that you thought about a lot? Is it one that you just sort of thought about once the the D season finished? Like, has this been a major build up for you to to get to Sydney? Yeah, probably personally, it was um, playing on my mind mind a fair bit um, towards the back end of the year and um, a lot was sort of up in the air and um, but I was pretty keen to, to finish off the season um, with Melbourne and, and try and, and uh, go all the way there and, and then sort of worry about that um, once the season had finished um, but then having sort of um, conversations with um, Horse and, and Charlie they, they presented opportunity um, where they felt um, they needed to bring in um, another player and um, the sort of conversations I had there were, were really appealing and um, yeah, it looks like a great opportunity there. And uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to uh, getting stuck in this preseason and, and for the games to, to come around. From the outside looking in and, and looking at Sydney in, in this particular or last year now in the last season, it, it felt like they were missing someone like you. They, they're missing a little something that Sydney haven't necessarily missed, to be fair, in the way they've played a majority of their football. Was that the message that, uh, you know, John Longmire and the and the crew sort of did say to you when you're having those chats? Yeah, pretty much. And I feel like I have an ability to play sort of a few different roles as well, uh, whether that be on the wing or, or inside and, and across half forward. Um, so, yeah, that was definitely um, something that, that they spoke um, to me about and, um, said there was an opportunity for that, for those positions as well. It's an exciting time at Sydney. I mean, obviously, everyone speaks yesterday, but they're they're a good team. They're twelve months coming off a off a grand final appearance. I know things didn't go well on on grand final day, and there was there was ups and downs over the course of the year. But the way that they ended the season, even though it ended in that elimination final against Carlton, it feels like a great deal of optimism. Is it, is that evident when you walk through the doors? Yeah, absolutely. As you said, it's a very young group who are, you know, they're starting to put, put some games together. Um, you know, a lot of guys have now played 40, 50 games and um, a lot lot together as well. And 
Um, I feel like it's really important to sort of bring that group through um, as they're coming through together. And um, yeah, it's a pretty exciting time up here. And um, I know yesterday all the boys were, were keen to, to get stuck in. And um, yeah, over the last week, we've been yeah training pretty hard. How does it look like for you? So, of course, we got you know less than a, a month before Christmas and a and a small little break. But uh, the fact is that you're in this situation now. You can sort of just dip the toes in and, and be ready to go into the new year. Was it is it is it a three week sort of run from here, then a mini break, and then into it in the in the first week of Jan? Yeah, absolutely. We um yeah have the next next couple of weeks um just pretty much going flat out, and um, then we get yeah a couple of weeks off over Christmas and. Um, by the time we come back to the new year, we're pretty much straight into into the match match sim sort of stuff, which is which is always exciting because yeah, the games are, are going to come around pretty quick. Is there a player at Sydney you're really looking forward to to playing with? Uh, when you play against teams, and there's always players that you like or you dislike because they're doing such incredible things against you, and there's always this little bit of excitement when you get to become teammates with them. Is there anyone at Sydney that fills that void for you, and, and you're looking forward to playing alongside? Oh, absolutely. There's, there's a number number of players, especially in that midfield group. Um, you know, James Rowbottom, Errol, Chad Warner, um, Isaac Heaney, Luke Parker. I could, could, the list goes on. Um, but, yeah, those boys um, had terrific years, especially Errol. Um, and, yeah, he's he's looking very good and uh, built on, on his great year last year. Now, far be it for me to uh, start up another AFL argument, but I, I will ask you on the cost of living. Have you been surprised by the differences or some of the cash needed associated with a move to Sydney compared to Melbourne? I, I've never lived in Sydney, so the continued argument and discussion around it, uh, I can't ever be first-hand experience. But what, how have you found it? Yeah, it's definitely um, a, lot, a bit more expensive, mm-hmm. but... Um, I think the the weather and the, and the beaches and and the lifestyle up here sort of soon soon makes up for it. Hey, um, it's always an interesting conversation the, the 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 interchange rules and the and the change and the tweaks of it and and all the rest of it. You're one of the most famous subs really in 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 <laughs> AFL history with a, a premiership and you know players trying to get you on late in that game in Perth a couple of years ago. But I am interested because you, you either played as the sub last year a few times or got subbed out a a number of times. What what do you make of the AFL interchange rules? Do you, do you think there should be a tweak and we just have five on the interchange or do you think they should stay with the tactical sub? Uh, it has its benefits as a, as a sub, obviously coming coming on late in the game and, um, and you can have that impact. Uh, but I know being in that position a few times, um, you know, as a sub, you know, you sort of never really know, you know, you could be on in the, the first minute or um, the last 10 minutes. So, uh, it's yeah, it does have it have its perks, pros and cons, I, I reckon. Um, but hey, yeah, how do you to the, did, to the side. That's true. It's a very very smart answer. I will ask you that it might not get you in trouble. But how, how do you who do you how do you, do you attack it mentally? Because you are right. You you might have to come on in the first minute, and you may have to come on in the last five minutes. How did you personally go around it when you're when you're on the sideline and you're trying to work your way through it? You've done a warm up. You're trying to stay somewhat warm and loose, but knowing that. You can't do too much. It's 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 an interesting way, and and different players go about it in different ways. How, how do you do it? Yeah, it, it is very different. Um, yeah, I sort of just went in with the, with the mindset that you know you are going to come, you could come on in the first five minutes. So just making sure that I've done all my prep and prep before the game, and um, just being ready to go. And um, you know, when that time comes, I'll be able to be able to have that impact. Um, but yeah, hopefully those sub days are, are behind me. 
We're going to see something a little bit different this year when it comes to the AFL season. Uh, I think it's called Round Zero or Opening Round or something. There's about 15 different working names, so I apologise for not getting the exact terminology right. But what, what do you make of that? I know you're so new to the, the northern states or the, the somewhat smaller markets, but do you like the idea of the season starting the way it's going to start? You're going to be involved against uh, your former club. Do you, do you like the idea and, and do you think it's good for the game? Yeah. I mean, they've uh, obviously seen that um, a bit of a gap in the market, I guess, and uh, with the NRL being um, away. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's great and to be kicking off um, the first game of the year and um, against the D's, you know, I'm sort of put a circle on that one and, um, <laughs> yeah, I'll be doing everything I can to get, to get ready for that one. That's for sure. All right, so uh, are you settled in? Have you found the place? Are you still looking in, in, into Sydney? How does it all... How does it all work for you personally? Have you have you have you got a partner you've had to take, or have you just had to move yourself and worry about yourself? Um, yeah, the club have been awesome, and uh, they helped me find it find a place um, just in the eastern suburbs there. And um, yeah, my partner she's gonna uh, move up in the new year, and um, I've been up here for a couple of weeks mm-hmm. now, um, just sort of getting getting everything sorted, and um, yeah, making sure I was I was well settled before before we went back to to preseason, so then I could. Yeah, put all my energy into into the preseason. And uh, I think you have a little foot niggle late in the year. Uh, yeah, I had a bit of a. Um, I broke my foot mm-hmm. there at one stage. Um, but yeah, all I was good. Pretty, I was pretty been pretty good with with injuries lately. Perfectly done. Hey mate, it's exciting. I I think you know we spoke a lot about on on different shows that I was a part of that Sydney just lacking a little bit in the in the guts and. Adding yourself, Taylor Adams, Brody Grundy, I think is a perfect example of what Sydney needed to build on what is a very good list already. That's got to be kept in mind as well. A, a grand final appearance just over 12 months ago, a finals appearance this year. And I think you're going to slide nicely into a very good Sydney Swans midfield, mate. So great to hear you're enjoying it already. And, and good luck over the, the preseason and into round zero or opening round. I, I do apologize for the terminology, but you're going to be there opening weekend, which is exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, I'm very much looking forward to it. Uh, yeah, can't wait. Hey, we'll chat, we'll chat soon, mate. Thank you, buddy. No, thank you. Appreciate it. Sydney Swans, James Jordan, of course, Premiership player. And it, it is such an interesting debate, conversation. There's no doubt that the clubs have somewhat pushed towards probably getting rid of the sub and having five on the interchange. But there, there is it, – it's one of those rules, I think, in the AFL that us armchair experts, pun intended – sit in the stand and, and talk long and hold And in the end, it makes no difference. I don't think it makes a difference to the clubs. So the clubs use it in different ways. And I'm sure there's a, there's a tactical advantage by having it sometimes. And there's a tactical advantage if you have five on it on the interchange bench sometimes as well. But I, I, I think it's a conversation that we continue to talk about that would make absolutely no real difference to us who would love the game as fans and the way that it's played. Uh, get involved if you want to talk about the sub, in fact. If you don't want to, good, because I don't really want to discuss it in the middle of December, but it is what it is, because Midday Madness and the Kia Open Line is all about you. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 I digress. We'll get to a break. Other side of it, Temper Tex, fired up. Who is your summer sports hero? Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. It is Dwayne's World with Cam Luke. 28-21. It's the Jags over the Bengals. Late third quarter if you're NFL inclined. Kelsey Brown's around 10 minutes away. She'll join us in studio. 
little bit from Mitchell Johnson in a moment, but Shane is in Roeville. Again, i got no one to blame but myself. Talking deep AFL rules in December, but I brought it up stupidly. Shane, take it away, mate. What do you make of the sub rule? Yeah, Cam, thank you. Thanks for taking the call. Um, yeah, I just think it's an, an unnecessary one that we've, that we've had at our disposal. Yep. And I always think of how, how it worst looks. And that's, you know, a kid playing his first game being given the sub vest and not coming on. I reckon that's an awful look. And also, you know, an hour and a half after the game, you know, someone who hasn't been on running laps, running laps, mm. I just think it's unnecessary. Just, just let them play and let the coaches choose the five. They've got the rotations there. And I just, yeah, I, I look at it at its worst and think, geez, it, it looks pretty bad. And then the clubs have to try and decide, um, oh, yeah, he needs to run laps, but no, he can maybe play VFL tomorrow. And it just creates the egg, so I just don't think need to be there. That's fair. I, that's fair. I, I don't think either which way. I, I absolutely don't think it's a, you know, you feel for the, sometimes the first gamer, as you touch on, you're, you're sitting at a game after it, you're 20 minutes, 25 minutes having a beer and you got someone doing laps at Marvel or at the G or at Metricon. It's or no longer Metricon, whatever it's called, Heritage Bank. Maybe anyway, it doesn't matter. But yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I think either which way is uh, working going forward won't make a huge amount to us, maybe the players, because you're right. If you get your first game when you get a jumpo and then you sit on the bench for three and a half quarters, it takes a fair bit away from it. Uh, thank you for your call, Shane, as always. one three hundred seven three six seven three six to get involved. Uh, Mitchell Johnson, David Warner. Didn't see it coming, although maybe we should have because they are two very opinionated, one the current cricketer, one a former cricketer, but both have reached the highest order and representing our country. And Mitchell Johnson fired things up. Dave Warner's manager fired back last night and now Mitchell Johnson on his podcast has had a couple of things to say. Let's have a listen to this. Well, from the message I got in, in April after the – I think it was around the time of, yeah, um, Candice had said a few – her, said her a bit about not um, on the back page about not being open as good enough to take the position. So that was probably when I responded to that and then I got her a message from Dave which was quite um, personal um, and, and I tried to ring him to, to try and talk to him about it um, which I've always been open. I know I've been open to the guys when I finished playing. I said if I'm in the media and I'm – writing things or saying things that you don't like, just come and speak to me. Like it's it's never it was never a personal thing then until probably this point. This is this is probably what drove me to writing the article as well, part of it. It's definitely a factor for sure. So some of the stuff that was said in that I, w- I won't say it because I think that's up to Dave to say if he wants to if he wants to talk about it. There was some stuff in there that was was extremely um, disappointing what he said and and pretty pretty bad to be honest. Um, so, um, yeah, so that's, that sort of was a bit of a driver. Um, and again, a bit with, with George as well. Um, you know, Ed sent me a message after the Lance Morris, uh, article that I wrote and it was just a little bit condescending and, um, you know, when you receive it at all hours of the morning, it was pretty disappointing. Another question doing the rounds is, is Mitchell Johnson just angry? Uh, is he, uh, I mean, is he, I think I saw a tweet from someone prominent uh, who said, oh, is the old man yelling at the clouds angry, uh, that kind of, that level of angry. So are you angry? I mean, I speak to you every week. You don't come across as being angry. But after reading this, a lot of people uh, have already started saying that he's just angry and he's bitter about something and that's where this comes from i'm okay that's another thing that makes sure everyone knows that i'm okay i'm actually in a good headspace 
And which is actually, that's another, another point, which is really disappointing to ask if I'm okay because I've had mental health issues. It's pretty much downplaying my article and putting it on mental health, which is quite disgusting, I think. But yeah, look, I, I'm, I'm fine. I'm not angry. I'm not jealous. Um, I'm just writing a piece that I felt was, well, for me, that I felt like I needed to write. And like I said, yeah, there was that little personal a- aspect to it. But I think mostly I've tried to, like I said, tried to write things in a way that is backed up with something. And like I said, performances and et cetera, and, and trying to question why, you know, players are being picked um, when you hear about players should be picked on form and, you know, he's not being picked. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't see why there's an issue with asking questions like that. And it's, I just, yeah, I find it quite strange um, that you're not allowed to ask those questions. The Mitchell Johnson Cricket Show, which is a great name for a podcast that features Mitchell Johnson. And I don't, I know that we heard David Warner's manager last night speak about this. It was really good. In fact, what I might do, have we got the piece where he says about past players taking aim at current players on Sports Day last night? Was it David Warner's manager last night, James Erskine? Mitchell Johnson was a fine player um, and, uh, you know, represented Australia. you know, I think got three hundred and over three thirteen test wickets, and he's entitled to his opinion. Um, but at the end of the day, what surprises me is all these ex cricketers who uh, basically have a crack at the current lot. I mean, you would never get that happening in golf, where Arnold Palmer was criticising, you know, Nick Faldo, or whether, you know, you know, Chrissy Everett would have a crack at somebody else, you know, who was currently playing. And I, I, I think it's a bit sad in a way. I mean, um, you know, I, I, I don't think, I'm sure they have an opinion, but I think it's to get a headline. All right, that's last night on Sports Day. So Mitch Johnson has explained, as we just heard, as to why uh, he wrote the article and the fact that him and David Warner don't necessarily see to eye to eye, which happens in sports right around the world, in particular cricket or team sports that lend themselves to be together for a long period of time. Cricket is unique to so many different sports because you can tour and travel with the same people regardless of how well you get along or your personalities clash or don't for such a long time. So I, I, I have no doubt there are many Australian cricketers who don't see eye to eye. Now, Mitchell Johnson is well within his rights. He's got a podcast. He's earned the ability for us to listen. When people say he's just trying to keep himself relevant, I don't necessarily agree with that. He is relevant. You don't play that many times for Australia and be such a great fast bowler and then want to talk about the sport and the game of cricket, which he loves. He doesn't need to stay relevant by saying stuff that isn't true. So he just spoke from the heart. And just on the comments last night about past players and current players, that happens in every sport. And team sports lends itself more to it than individuals. I get that. I I do see plenty of golfers, in particular in the live PGA situation. We're seeing golf rivalries and verbal and disagreements go to a whole new level, both on and off the off the golf course. And no doubt we've seen it in tennis. So I don't think it's just cricket. And we see a great deal of media, Aussie rules, cricket, basketball, netball, rugby league, whatever they do, a lot of them go into the media. And a lot of that is based on opinions of where they don't necessarily agree with current day athletes. So I thought it was a great chat last night. I think that missed the mark, that particular point. And Mitchell Johnson's well within his rights to say his things. And you know what? I think David Warner at some point is going to be well within his rights to fire back as well. And I think we're going to see two very good cricketers, one former, one current, 
have a bit to say over the next couple of months, and I don't think it's necessarily all that bad for the sport. The news is here. Amy Drew on the other side of it. Kelsey Brown live in the studio. studio guest, A-Rod gets on his DJ decks and <laughs> rolls out a bit of music on a Tuesday right across the SEN network, one uh, 736 to get involved. And he has lifted the music because Kelsey Brown is in studio and uh, we're delighted to have you. And superstar netballer for a long period of time, represented Australia, World Cup, of course. And um, been an interesting time in netball, just not just in your career, but as netball as a whole. Hello to you. How are you doing? Hi, I'm good. Thanks, Cam. It's nice, nice to be in here with you. It, it is very, very nice to have you. I want to ask you, before we get too deep into how it's all going, I want to know, you, you had a wonderful post uh, that you posted a couple of weeks ago on Instagram and you spoke about your love for netball and where it has taken you and where it leaves you right now after what happened with Collingwood in the, at the end of last season. What, what are your emotions around netball right now? Yeah, I think for the past couple of months they've been a little bit skewed, a little bit twisted and... Um, it's been hard because it's something that I've I've loved for, gosh, 31 mm. years. Um, and I've been playing this game for such a long period of time. I think nine years professionally, you're going to adore um, a sport. And any high performance elite environment is just something that you'll always want to be involved in. And so everything that sort of went down with Collingwood was, one, difficult to process and two, sort of trying to figure out where I fit in the netball world after that was tough. Um, but yeah, so I, I felt like I had an opportunity to just sort of write what netball has given me and how I felt around it. And that's sort of what the post was always leaving, um, a little smidgen of, uh, I guess a door open mm-hmm. to be like, I, I don't know how I'm going to feel with netball in a month's time. And if an opportunity, um, came to me, then for sure I would look at it. But, um, where I sit at the moment is, uh, I've opened other doors and it's kind of an exciting time for me outside of netball. Well, well documented what happened and, and how it played out at Collingwood. Did it, did it? Did it affect – it affected you personally. Do you think it affected the way you could play your best netball? Uh, I, I feel like, yeah, it was a really tough time. I feel like that conversation that we had when Craig Kelly came in and, and just sort of said, look, we're um, going in other directions – it's something that you just never prepare for. Mm. I've, I've said this before, you prepare for form slumps or injuries and stuff that happens in professional sport, but not often do you prepare for your club to just say, these will be your final nine games um, at the Magpies. And I spent five years there. So I became so ingrained in the culture of Collingwood. I became that, um, I don't care if the rest of the world is against us. I yeah. absolutely love this club. I've, I've become a Collingwood supporter, having been a Geelong fan for my whole life. Um, so I was so ingrained in the culture and um, the big picture that was Collingwood, um, that's probably the hardest part is that this place that you love is no longer a, a, a part of you anymore. Uh, but I also think it really banded us together because we knew that it was going to be the end. Um, so those final nine or ten games, I'm not sure what they were, um, actually were some of the most fun that I had with my yeah. teammates, you know. There's, there's, occasionally we, we do see this in sport when the, a decision, a particular decision has been made. Now, this is a lot different to a retirement decision as such or moving in a different direction, but there seems to be shackles that are unleashed at different times with different situations. And it, it felt a little bit like that, even though the decision was 
not any of your girls. Yeah. I mean, it was out of our hands. And mm. I think for a period of time there, we were sort of like, what can we do to help them, um, you know, want to continue on with a, a netball uh, team? And then after a little bit of time, we were sort of like, you know what, instead of putting our energy into how we um, salvage this, how about we just enjoy the time that we have together? And it has. It's been, it was some of the best netball we played as a team. We were really struggling to find our form before mm. that. But I don't know, it really galvanised us as a group. And it is something something that you see in sport all the time. Yeah, you've played for Australia and you've you've played like at the, the highest level for a long time. But you know, Collingwood is the biggest in my – I don't break for Collingwood, just for the people <laughs> off the text. For? I break for the Western Bulldogs, so it's a little smaller <laughs> club. But you know what? I, I see Collingwood as the, as the biggest sporting club in the land, right? And and they did – they were particularly well, the AFL men, the AFLW. And then when they went into netball, there was like this whole powerhouse feeling around how it was going to go, which lasted for a little while. Unfortunately, it has – coming to an end. But when you were within those walls and you touched on it, does it feel like the biggest club in the in the country? And were you surprised when you joined that team and they started the team as to how everything is different from maybe a, a normal netball club? It is. And I think unless you're involved in it or unless you've spent some time within the four walls, it's really hard to grasp just mm-hmm. the enormity of everything, the connections, the um, commercial side of things. It's this juggernaut, which I think from the outside, everyone knows it is, but inside the four walls, it's even bigger than that. Um, and I think it took the netball team a little bit of time to find their identity amongst um, what is normally a predominantly male um, industry. Mm-hmm. Um, the AFLW coming in there is well uh yeah it is just huge and you become um they had seven teams while I was there with the wheelchair basketball and everything like that um wheelchair football sorry um and you just become part of this like huge picture um which is very different to netball teams a lot of other netball teams like the Melbourne Vixens that is their um netball uh, netball Victoria's sole focus is the Melbourne Vixens so um you're one of one Mm. team to be looked after um but it does have this feeling I mean going to the football games I knew every single player knew their number (laughs) you know you just you just become so much a part of the fabric and um yeah so it was something that I look back on and I'm like, I'm so glad that I went and was a part of a huge club like that. I might never get the opportunity to be a part of something that big with such a rich history. So um, yeah, it's been a, a big part of my career and something that I wouldn't look back on as like a negative, just um, it was what it was. And I learned so much within there. You, you, you slid into media really well. <laughs> we, we do we don't work together, but we're in the same <laughs> world in the NBL, which you're uh, killing. Of course, you're, you're doing some wonderful job at, at sports. But have you personally been surprised as to how you have sort of attacked and handled the last four or five months because it is a major change. And as you said, that Instagram post isn't necessarily retirement, but it's a, this is my situation yeah. Now, have you been surprised by the way that you have handled or accepted certain things? Well, I think the moment I did sort of accept the whole situation as it was, I think think for a period of time there I was a bit reluctant to address anything. There was a lot of speculation around what was happening with me um, and I'd sort of just gone into the media space because that's something that I've always been passionate about and loved doing and um, any opportunity that I got while I was playing netball I said yes to. Um, but when the NBL N- stuff sort of started happening, um, yeah, it just sort of gave me something else to to fixate on. Um, I've absolutely loved my time Mm -hmm. in the NBL. But, um, yeah, I think reflecting on the last sort of three months, I was speaking to my family the other day, you just, um, you realise how you're going to handle adversity in moments when you're handed a lot of it. Um, And I think Kelsey of three years ago would have really struggled with everything that's happened in the last three months. But to sort of be sitting here now, I I sort of made lemonade out of lemons Mm. um, and I've almost ended up in a way better position that I would have if this hadn't 
have happened to me. If the whole Collingwood thing hadn't have happened, I'm not sure I would be where I am right at this moment. We are we are very uh, pro AFL listenership here. So they're, they're mad passionate family uh, of SCN are all footy. So a lot of people asking straight up, are you back to a Cats fan now? Like, how does it all work? Allegiance is going forward in the AFL. They, they worry about the big issues here at SCN. Are you back to the Cats? Or you... uh, I actually have moved back to Geelong. So I've okay. been to more Geelong yeah. games since I moved back. Um, but yeah, no, look, I'm, I think I will be Collingwood till I die now. Okay. Sorry, Dad. Love so, you. So let's. We, well, a lot of people may not know this, and I, well, we'll talk about how this actually helped you. But your, your dad played VFL for Geelong. Your, your sister is a you know superstar netballer in her own right. So in that situation, when you're when you're sitting down and trying to work things out, be it as a professional athlete or on the back end of it or where you sit now, is it? Are they like full family discussions because of the experiences they have had? Absolutely. We sit down as a four. So there's mum, um, dad, my yep. older sister. There's I've only ha- I've only have one older sister. Mm-hmm. So there's four of us. We sit down. Normally it's over a family dinner and we honestly work through everything. Mum's massive on pros and cons lists. So, <laughs> you know, if um, you know, if there's ever a decision to be made, it is a big family one. But I also think because dad lived it, um, Madison's lived it, mum has lived it vicariously through all three of us um, at different acts, um, times in her life, it is sort of that, all right, have you thought of this? Have you thought of this? Yet we're backing you. And I think my family philosophy around sport has always been just go for it. Like it really doesn't matter. We'll make it work. Um, Go chase your dreams. So that with the backbone of every single discussion has made it, um, what do we need to do to help? How can we, I mean, Madison moved to Perth in her career. I've moved to the Sunshine Coast Lightning. The best story I have is I decided to move to um, Collingwood Magpies and during that period of time I was actually away on Diamonds Tour. Mm. So my parents flew up, packed up my house on the Sunshine Coast, moved me home within 10 days. I didn't I didn't touch an ounce of my house and packing that up. But that's the kind of support that I've had. They just did it within 10 days and all of a sudden I lived in Melbourne. So, so just, just, just for people at home, who and packing and moving is the worst thing that any human can do. <laughs> Right, like in that situation, you actually got moved for you while you're representing the country. That's that's a nice couple of weeks for you. I know, I know. they uh, they were. Don't worry, they let me know how difficult it was. I got a lot of uh, photos of boxes, but I just think just having that as an understanding of they knew that I needed to be back in Melbourne by the time I started with Collingwood. Yep. Um, they yeah, Mum took time off work, so I think I've just always had the support of my family when it comes to sport. Whatever needs to happen will happen, and I'm sure they'll be like like that throughout my media, media career as well. Absolutely. Wait right there. Kelsey Brown in studio. We're going to get to a break. It is a Dwayne's World with Cam Luke. You can get involved. You see, a lot of, a lot of, this is what happens. They're passionate <laughs> footy fans, passionate footy fans. I knew they were going to turn on you when you refused to go back to the Cats. Uh, quick break. You can get involved on the temper text. You've got a question for Kelsey, 0499 736 736 or 04 I'm getting confused. SEN track text line and the SEN temper text line. Plenty more next. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Dwayne's World with Cam Luke. The temper text is fired up. Kelsey Brown in studio talking all things uh, her current transition from, you know, professional athlete and, and netballer into where she sits right about now in the they have really fired up the other uh, temper text, which is great to see. <laughs> my favourite, my favourite yeah. here is I disown yeah. you. No, it's, it's, <laughs> the, the moment you change football teams, you don't go back. It's it's going to be a tough one. Um, uh, 
Who who were the leaders? This is from Jason. Who were the leaders that inspired you? So when you're growing up and you, you spoke so well in that post about netball being a big part of your life for so long, was there anyone who traditionally stood out as someone who inspired you or even a, a mentor when you started to play the Alent on a different time? Yeah, I think obviously the biggest move in my life was the Sunshine Coast one. I'd played at Melbourne Vixens for two years um, as a benchy. I wasn't really getting much opportunity, which is what happens when you're starting out your career. I played about five quarters for Melbourne Vixens and then I got signed to the Sunshine Coast Lightning. So I've moved away from home. I'm moving into a place where I could actually potentially start to build a brand and a name for myself in the netball world. Um, Nolene Terrell was probably the first person. um, She coaches the Ferns now and probably the first person that was like, I believe in you. Mm -hmm. Um, So she was an amazing leader and I think she just did a lot of work outside of uh, the the netball to make sure that you were a sound human as well and then you came into netball and you felt fine. It, it propelled you into the diamonds, right? So yes. from the outside, again, looking in, uh, and it, I'm sure that it doesn't feel like this, but all of a sudden you went and it just clicked yeah. your fingers and everything <laughs> seemed to move. Now, that's not how it would have been for you, but is that how it kind of did no, happen? It, it just did. Sort of yeah. snowballed? Yeah, it felt like that. I mean, obviously they, we won back-to-back premierships mm-hmm. at Sunshine Coast Lightning, and I say this often now that I've been – you know, at a different club and and haven't won a premiership for five or six years, I I moved into that and thought, oh, premierships are easy because I've won two in a row now. And um, I look back on it and I'm like, wow, that was really difficult. But it was all of the players within that group. If you look at that team now, they've all gone on to achieve incredible things. We had Jeeva Mentor, Mm -hmm. who has six-time World Cup Commonwealth Games a player for the English Roses, Caitlin Bassett, diamond, captain of the Diamonds, Laura Langman, arguably the best senator to ever play the game. Um, we've now got like... You're starting to raise questions about the salary cut you had <laughs> up on the Sunday yeah, well, I went for pittance. So. <laughs> um, and then obviously because I was a part of that team, then I, I sort of got um, thrown into Diamonds discussion, Steph Wood, who's an incredible player, Cara Cohn. There's just so many people on that list. So mm. I look at that team as... Um, yeah, just a bunch of great leaders and people who at that time I really needed to point me in the right direction of how I go about being a professional athlete and they taught me so much. And so I wouldn't put it down to one person. I would just say that, yeah, there was six or seven um, really smart players who had already made their name that sort of taught me, uh, yeah, this is how you do it. it. Yeah, you have a toughest opponent, a lot of of – People off the text. Oh, there was one um, player when I first started out who every single time I would come up against her, I reckon I talked myself out of it. She was a one player that could match me for speed. And a lot of other um, times I felt like I could util- utilise my speed. That was my asset. Um, but she could match me and it was um, Gabby Simpson. And it was actually Nolene Tarua who sat me down one time and was like, what is it? Every single time you turn to water, like every time you play Firebirds, we genuinely had to work through it with a psych. And um, yeah, I came out. Out, you know, one um, semi-final had an okay game against her, and I think that was sort of the end of hardest opponent ever. But yeah, it was someone who could match my speed and really take away my asset. Beautifully done. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and that's the thing you have to you have to work through different hurdles, regardless of how they are presented. That was clearly one that you ended up jumping over fairly comfortably <laughs> when you sorted out. Hey, we're going to squeeze the last break in Kelsey Brown. We're going to wrap it all up on Dwayne's World next. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. <laughs> Dwayne's World, Cam Luke here, Kelsey Brown. We're almost got to get out of here, almost out of time. Uh, drive boys are firing up. Andrew Gaze, Andy Ma, 
uh, next. So uh, what's the next little bit? Just quickly, we haven't touched even on great job you're doing with the NBL, but you are you enjoying it? Yeah, I love it. Yeah. I love it. New space. Mm-hmm. Um, played basketball all the way up until 17. I like to get that in there because I feel yep. like people are like, oh, hang on, does she know anything? Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, played basketball growing up. It was actually probably – I liked it probably a little bit more than netball, but I was nowhere near um, – good. <laughs> I was actually quite bad. Um, and yeah, so I played sort of state basketball and loved it. And so being back in around it, I feel like I've been going to the courts and just having shoot arounds yep. on my own. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've got the passion back. Good. Um, but yeah, I'm loving it. Uh, I think all of the games that I've, I've been doing a lot of Jack Jumpers games and they're doing well at the moment. I, so that's fun. I was going to ask you about that. I have been down to Tassie a, a couple of times. We have SCN Hobart, which is flying right now, but it is a wonderful place to watch basketball, work at basketball. Definitely watch, isn't it? Yeah. I, I say when, as soon as I get off the plane down there, I reckon the air is nicer in Tassie. I don't know what it I'll is. I'll when it's colder. <laughs> but it's lovely down there. They've sold out, I think, the last however many games, home games yep. they've had. The the stadium is incredible, but also just the fans. Like, mm-hmm. apparently it's a flex now to be a Jack Jumpers member because there's yeah. like a 2,000-person mm-hmm. wait list. So, um, yeah, it's been special to go down there. I, I think I have a soft spot for Jack Jumpers just because I've done so many of their games. But, um, yeah, I do love uh, doing the commentary and I'm doing doing United and Bullets on Sunday, so that should be a good game. Well, well, I hope it goes better than the Sunday. I did see you at the game on Sunday next to the <laughs> Melbourne United bench, and it wouldn't have been an overly happy sort of place to be because they were pretty ordinary. No, I know. I actually thought, I mean, they've had poor starts. They had mm. that poor start against Sydney True. and then and managed to turn it around, which I didn't think was going to happen. That was a big deficit. And then to see them sort of down by that much at halftime against Cairns, I was like, oh, I don't know whether Cairns is going to close this game out. But Patrick Miller was unbelievable. Huge. Unbelievable. <laughs> hey. We've got to get out of here, but thank you so much for popping by. No worries. Loved and, uh, it. I absolutely. As I say, we spoke to you off air. Like, whatever happens over the next year, two years, three years, you're absolutely going to dominate. So thank you for joining us. Thanks, Kim. Uh, that's the show for today. And again, we're driven by Werribee Kia and the team down at Werribee Kia will look after you just like family. Visit the dealership at Werribee Kia. You'll find the incredible EV6 GT model. Fantastic finance options available. If you're looking for a trading, get involved. WerribeeKia.com.au, LMCT114. Andy Ma, Andrew Gay to drive you home, and we will be next week. Next week, we're back tomorrow as well. Cathedral. We'll speak to you, King United Do Drive. See ya.